Bosnia. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode, what is this, 13, Karen? Yes, 12. Yep, 12? No, 13. 13, 13, yes, it is 13. See, it's it's been a while. I feel like it's been such a long time, and it's tough <laughs> to keep track of, like, the numbers when we don't have it written down in front of us. Yeah, exactly. But, like, if we had it written down in front of us on our doc, we'd probably, like, get the episode number mixed up when we're actually doing the episode. It, at least I might. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, it's tough to keep track of these numbers. Anyway, episode 13 of the game of the not games of gaming. Wow, this <laughs> off to a fantastic start today. Episode 13 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler. I am your host today, and I am joined, as always, as you heard already, by my co-host Karen, my amazing co-host Karen. Karen, how's it going, dude? Um, it's going okay, I guess. I've uh, <laughs> the, like. The E three weeks were like somewhat busy, uh, but I have had literally no time for anything over the last week. I have had like yeah. <laughs> so much to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you follow us and everything, you might have noticed. Hey, you know there was no episode of the podcast this past Monday. You know what was up with that? Well, our post E three recap episode just decided to. It was just like a, it would just set Kieran's computer on fire, essentially. Basically. <laughs> Kieran, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, so I, I usually like edit a little bit, like get like audio and stuff done on the Saturday after we record and then edit it on Sunday so it can go up on Monday. Right. Um, and I did that and it just it kept failing to export and failing to export and failing to export. I'm like, okay. So I had to, I basically re-edited the podcast a second time with like new files and new trailers and stuff. And it was still giving me the same error. Uh, so I, I edited uh, the E3 episode three times uh, <laughs> overall. So uh, that was fun. And yeah, it's, it's uploading now. It's uh, literally as we're recording, it is finishing the upload. Nice. So... This episode, that episode will have been live for a bit once you hear this one. Yes. Um, and hopefully this episode is nowhere near as difficult for Karen to put together. Hopefully the powers that be with the computer gods, whoever it is inside <laughs> of Karen's computer that decided to give him a hard time, whether it be Adobe, which refused to tell him what the specific issue was nope. on the E3 episode, whoever it may be, hopefully, you know, it all works out this time. I'm sorry that it was such a pain. <laughs> Uh, it's it's fine like i i like editing just maybe not the same episode three times <laughs> oh yeah of course not of course not doing that i'm gonna move this over because i sound like in my head at least it sounds like i'm pretty far away so i want to move this close to myself i'll do it like usual um so yeah that that's been his week that's part of why mm-hmm. he's been so busy this week and aside from other stuff too but that was yeah. a def that was definitely a big part of it um but yeah this is the Play to Win podcast. You can follow us here on, uh, you know, actually, no, before you talk about where you follow us, we talk, we break down weekly gaming news through in-depth discussions. We do that each and every week. Yep. Um, some weeks they're pretty long, like the E3 post recap one. Um, some weeks it might be, you know, fairly long or not too long. We'll see where this one falls. Um, but you can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already at Play to Win Game. Follow us over there for updates on the show and other little things that we may post over there. 
Uh, remember to subscribe on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications for any and all videos that, you know, that post that way you can see them and know about them as soon as they go live. Um, the last video that we put up, uh, I believe it was a, it was an indie video I put up um, highlighting yes. eight indie games from E3 uh, 2021 that I thought, you know, deserved a bit of a spotlight just to give you a, just gives a quick little rundown of eight cool games from the show. Uh, so yeah, there was that. And then again, of course, you know, there's our, we did a Square Enix E3 2021 presentation recap we have our e3 2021 predictions episode that we did prior to the show um in a collaboration with the game of hawks podcast we had an episode also where we talked about a place that just cross-gen situation and then you know the podcast the episode that comes before this one where we recap everything from the show we give our opinions on each showcase or at least each of the big showcases and give them grades and all like that um so yeah Give it a watch. Give all those things a watch. Share the show. Share, share everything with everyone. Spread the love. Any and everything helps. For this episode, we are going to be talking about a couple things. It was a bit of a slow news week this week. Um, at least from what I saw, I didn't really see too much big stuff. I also wasn't no. keeping up with the news this week that much because very busy. It's been a crazy, you know, crazy two weeks and all. Um, but it was a bit of a slow news week. That's to be expected following, you know, the week or two after E3 every year. It's generally a bit slow in terms of gaming news because all the big gaming news just got announced prior to that. So we do have a couple things to talk about, though. So we'll talk about the indie game Abandoned and Blue Box Games, Blue Box Game Studios and the whole situation surrounding them. We'll talk about that pretty briefly. Um or maybe we'll get in-depth with it. I don't know how in-depth, but I imagine we won't <laughs> talk about it for too long. But then we'll talk about the past, present, and future of Xbox Series S and X and PS5. Uh, and then we'll also talk about the big games, or, the no or I guess you could say notable games, that are coming in the second half of 2021. So interesting topics here. Should offer some pretty fun discussions, I think. But um, before we get into any of those, we are going to go over two brief mentions, super brief ones, because again, really wasn't much going on this week in terms of gaming news. So very quickly, first brief mention here, after six months, it's been six long months, but Cyberpunk 2077 is back on the PlayStation Store, uh, CD Projekt Red, and uh, the PlayStation, you know, they put out a statement about it saying, hey, it's back and all like that. But they did, at least on the PlayStation Store, they have a notice saying here, uh, important notice, users continue to experience performance issues with this game. Purchase for use on PS4 systems is not recommended. For the best Cyberpunk experience on PlayStation, play on PS4 Pro and PS5 systems. And um, Cyberpunk, their little, their Twitter page uh, and PlayStation's Twitter page, they, in their little tweets, they had basically both said like, the game is still getting more updates and will continue to be worked on and patched as the yeah. year goes on every day like that. But uh, very, it's, it's noteworthy that the game is back after six months. Uh, very noteworthy that they put that notice there saying, hey, if you have a base PS4, don't buy this game. <laughs> don't only do it if you have a PS4 Pro or PS5. Um, and then also uh, going alongside them, Microsoft also announced that they will be ending their special refund policy for the game on July 6th, starting that day. Their, their refund policy for Cyberpunk goes back to how it was before. 
um, what during the whole Cyberpunk incident up till now, you were able to get a full refund on the game. Um, but starting July 6th, you won't be able to get that full refund anymore. Um, Kara, how is it that Xbox refunds work? It's like only if you've played for a certain amount of time, or what is it now? Uh, I think so. I've, I've never refunded a, a digital game on Xbox, but I'm I'm fairly certain it's like you have 14 days after you buy it to to return it. Gotcha. So and, yeah, and yeah, you you can only have played. I, I think it's up to an hour of the game. Got it. Got it. So yeah. That is the situation with Cyberpunk right now. I'm going to unplug my headphones because the cord is all like weird and everything, um, but I'll keep talking. So yeah, that's the situation with Cyberpunk right now. I think it's cool that it's coming back to the PS, so the PlayStation Store. Yeah. Um, and I definitely, in my E3 predictions episode, I had said that I, I can see when we get like the PlayStation event, whatever that is, them announcing more games coming to the PS Plus collection and yeah. Witcher 3 being one of them and that kind of being a sign of, hey, their relationship being mended. Witcher 3 is coming to PS now. It's not PlayStation Plus Collection, but I think maybe it's... I would like to think I'm kind of in the same in the right track of mind here. We're like, yeah. the relationship's kind of being mended with the way things are going right now. So it's cool. You got any brief thoughts on this before we move on to the next brief mention? No, I mean, I just... I. I, I do like that they have a warning on the store saying if you have a base PS4, don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know Digital Foundry put up a video uh this week after the up uh, after like it came back on the PS store, uh showing like, hey, after this is what the latest update did for performance and everything. I haven't watched it yet, but 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 based on what I've read, it offers maybe like what a frame or two difference yeah. on like base PS4. Does it it doesn't do too much for the game, but I mean they're steadily chipping away at it so you know they're working they're doing their best over there at cd project red that's all they can do right now simple yeah. as that yeah i am um, i i saw a, a meme i can't remember what day it was but uh, apparently on base ps4 like there are no pedestrians and no cars on on the streets yeah i i heard that like it was they greatly reduced the pedestrian and vehicle density i don't know if that's just when walking around or only when driving yeah. if it's only when driving it's funny that they that they did that because they're basic when i played the game and when it first came out on ps5 there were barely any cars or people walking <laughs> yeah. around when driving anyway like once you started driving the streets basically would go empty the streets would be empty it was like a barren wasteland essentially which is why a lot of the time I would just walk around if a place was nearby, like somewhat close to me, I would just walk because then like, I would actually feel like the world is alive at all. I'm not going to get into that now. Um, that's a whole other discussion, but mm -hmm. yeah, it is interesting. I hope, you know, the game gets better at all. And I, I just wish the best for CD project Red man. <laughs> they've, they've had a rough go at things the past couple yeah. months. Our second brief mention though, is that EA motive is reportedly rebooting dead space. And this reboot will be revealed during the EA Play event next month. I, there's like, it's, if I'm right, it was Jeff Grubb from GamesBeat who first kind of mentioned this or teased this. And then Eurogamer, if I'm right, corroborated the report with what yeah. they've heard. So I guess you could say it's all, but it's, it's all but officially confirmed in a sense. Yeah. This is what people have wanted for a very long time, though. People have wanted Dead Space to come back, uh, especially after, you know, Dead Space 3 took the series even more away from the horror 
survival horror of the first game is and kind of like the second game too and then you know ea has kind of been more so on a multiplayer fix their sports games and all like that and then the battlefields and stuff we haven't had a dead space in a while people have wanted that space to come back i think it's cool it's going to come back i wonder in what shape or form this reboot is going to take and especially you know in the modern day of survival horror games and all like that um but this is exciting yeah, I, I've never played Dead Space because I'm not a horror game person, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I know quite a few people who really like Dead Space, so I'm sure they're very excited. Yeah, I never liked, I never played it either. Maybe I, I played a demo, I think, of three, and I saw my cousin play some of two. Nowadays, I'd probably go back and play them, but back then mm-hmm. I was like, eh, not for me. But yeah, those are the brief mentions we got this week. Just two short ones, two easy ones. We're going to get into the actual news of the show, though. And we're going to start off with Blue Box Game. Blue, I keep saying Blue Blocks. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue so easily. Yeah. Blue Box Game Studios and their game Abandoned. Uh, and the whole situation surrounding it. So, Karen, I want to start this off. Mm. What do you know about this situation? What do you know about this game, the devs? the controversy and all everything just surrounding this game. I know that people think that it's a Silent Hill game and that's about it. I have <laughs> not looked into this at all. Uh, one, because I haven't really had time, but two, Silent Hill isn't really a game that interests me. I'm, I'm interested by this situation and all like the conspiracy theories and just the entire situation regarding like blue, I, I'm pretty sure Blue Box have said, uh, came out and said, like, uh, please stop. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're here on Silent Hill. But um, yeah, I, I know very little about this situation. Okay. So for those who don't know, and Karen as well, let me let me educate everybody on what this what this whole thing is. So a couple months ago, I believe it was March or April. I'm blanking on the month right now. But the the team at Blue Box and the game director Hassan or Hassan, I forgot his, his full name, but I believe the first name is Hassan, uh, put a blog post on the PlayStation blog announcing this game abandoned and had like a short teaser of sorts. And the teaser wasn't from like actually like from the actual game or in game. Mm. It was just kind of like, test, I guess you could say test footage or like footage of like what, the, what they want the game to be in a sense, right? And it showed the uh, the protagonist, the first person perspective, the protagonist in a forest and all with the gun. And it's kind of like running around in the forest and everything like that. And they described the game as being like you you wake up in the middle of a forest and you're just abandoned. And like the people from the town that are nearby, are like you're being hunted, basically. And you have to survive. And the game, they kind of describe it as being like one where, oh, let me go, let me go back. Cause I actually pulled up the thingy a moment ago and then like got rid of it because i was like no I'm, i don't need i'm not gonna need to describe it <laughs> um hassan Kar- karaman is the guy's name um and the game is coming exclusively to ps5 and they say actually the game the footage is from the game in action but it's super it was super early in development so they just went on snaps it and just had a little teaser and all yeah um so story you wake up at you're this guy jason longfield you wake up at a strange forest you're abandoned. You don't remember how you got there, and you find out you were kidnapped and brought there for a purpose. So you're trying to survive and escape and all like that. And they say that uh, they want to deliver a uniquely personal gameplay experience, one that feels realistic, 
uh, every event has an influence on the character. Like if Jason's out of breath after sprinting or is afraid his accuracy when shooting is going to suffer uh, and firing guns in the game is like going to be realistically slow. So you got to be tactical. And the studio is trying to craft a cinematic first person story. It's not mm-hmm. a fast paced shooter. It requires you to hide and plan your target, plan everything before you, uh, you know, pull the trigger and do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, you know, they talked about implementing the DualSense and 3D audio. We used the power of the PS5 to get the game running at 60 FPS, rendered at native 4K. Mm. That's kind of an important detail in the, contra- in the conspiracy theories here. Um, and they say, we're making sure the environmental quality is as close to the real thing as possible. And, a result- and all the result is realistic graphics, smooth character animations, and minimal loading screens. And when they announced it, they said they don't have a, you know, release dates or te- like, you know, teaser, like, date like a fuller look at the game yeah but it said it'll be coming exclusively to ps5 q4 2021 this was in april beginning of april okay now when this game announced got announced people were like okay this is interesting i wonder though if this is silent hill <laughs> people were wondering that because again there's been rumors for the longest time that a silent hill game is in the works over at playstation and there have been rumors for so long that hideo kojima is either is or possibly could be involved with the game. So many rumors about this. So there was that. And then also the fact that this blue box game studios, the game studio that nobody heard of people like what, who are they never heard of them. And like looking them up, you only find, I think like one or two failed indie Kickstarter games from years ago Mm. that didn't really go anywhere at all. And like nothing since then. So it's just like, huh? This, is, this seems like a big budget game that Sony is backing here for a studio that is basically nobody. Yeah. They're a, essentially a nobody studio that came out of nowhere. So this is why people were curious. So then we fast, we rewind back to about the end of May. The Twitter page, they make a Twitter page, they post up saying, hey, we're going to have an announcement teaser app on the, PlayStation, on the PS5 that you can go into and it'll give you a whether it be like an actual video or like an interactive teaser like PT was, something like that to mm. give you our, our, your first real look at the game. And they said that was coming. People were like, okay, interesting, pretty interesting. Yeah. And then the Twitter page, you know, they're, they're tweeting things every now and then, but then they put up this thing. They said, Abandoned is just the code. The tweet's deleted now, so I'm paraphrasing here. But they had said that Abandoned was just like the code name for the game. Mm. The real name started, started with an S, ended with an L. And that mm. sent people off to the horse. That was just off to the races yeah. for the internet. People were like, what? Huh? What do you mean? <laughs> so people were already thinking, hey, maybe this, maybe this guy, Hassan, isn't a real guy. Maybe it's just Kojima hiding behind a fake name. Because, yeah. you know, he did that before with Metal Gear Solid Five, Fan of Pain. Maybe it is a real guy who's just an actor you know, for Kojima or something. Maybe Kojima was pulling strings behind the scenes mm. on this. Who knows? So then lead up to Summer Games Fest, you have people asking Jeff Keighley, hey, you have you heard about this? You know what's going on? And Jeff Keighley's like, I got no idea, bro. <laughs> Hassan's reached out to me. He's like, you know, he wants to do stuff. So like, uh, we'll see what happens with this. I don't know, though. I know nothing. Um, so then they, they eventually deleted that tweet. And then they kept trying to say, like, hey, guys, we, we got nothing to do with Hideo Kojima. This isn't Silent Hill, but they were, they kind of leaned into the, 
the controversy and the and the conspiracy theories mm. a bit too much to the point where people were like, all right, either prove to us you are not Hideo Kojima and this is not <laughs> Silent Hill, or just come out and say it already. Because what the yeah. heck is going on with this game? So then we get the game. So then we're not let's see. Jason Schreier, he interviewed, he interviewed the guy. Uh and got some answers out of him about like, hey, like we're this this is our studio. We have X amount. Of, I think that they have like seventy people for their dev team mm. and all, but like didn't give any any name. Didn't give too much specific information, but gave information to be like, hey, I'm a real person. We're a real studio. We're not Hideo Kojima with this non Silent Hill or anything like that. Yeah. But and then like they were going to do a Q and A, but then people were like, just like do a video or something. Like, so then eventually Hassan has made two videos, two or three videos with his face in it saying, Hey, this is me. We're not making silent Hill. Sorry guys. Sorry for, you know, causing a stir. Getting yeah. Everybody worked up, but it's not silent Hill. We're working on our game is its own different thing. This past Friday, June 25th, there was a, the, the teaser app for the PS five was supposed to go live. The day of, they announced, Hassan put another video out. He said, hey, it's not happening. The, it's not happening today. It's getting pushed back to August because everything from the past few weeks has been a lot. The team is stressed yeah. and we need time. The localization is not done. We want to make the best first impression possible. So it's been pushed back to August. So there's all that. That's kind of like a summary of things. And there's other conspiracy theories. Like people were saying like Karaman translated from one language to Japanese comes out to Hideo. So people were like, <laughs> come on, like, have you, you've seen, I guess, the It's Sunny in Philadelphia me where Charlie Day is just in front of the, um, the board looking crazy with all the like, yeah. uh, people are, like posting those memes and basically doing that, just like <laughs> making connections. Like, come on, it's, it's gotta be Hideo, it's gotta be Silent Hill. So that's the situation. Uh, with, with all that information, do you want me to give you my opinions on this first before like, I ask you what you think? Sure, yeah. I think that... I think that people saw what they wanted to believe and ran with it, but they saw what they wanted to believe because there wasn't much to go off of. And what there was to go off of could have been what they wanted. Now, I also do not think, although they have come out and said, uh, Blue Box and Hassan have come out and said, we are not Hideo Kojima. We have nothing to do with Hideo Kojima. Yeah. This is not Silent Hill. Although they have said that, I, I'm, I am on, I'm torn on this. Because part <laughs> of me wants to say, okay, it's dead in the water. This is its own thing, is what it is. But part of me is also like, but this game is getting so much special treatment and attention. Like it's getting, it was supposed to get a, a, a teaser app on the PS5, an exclusive one on the PS5. Again, it has like, they have these lofty goals for native 4K, 60 FPS cinematic story from an indie dev that had a not successful Kickstarter a couple years ago. Yeah. And they have a lot of they have a lot of developers on their team, and one of the people that they're working with is an outsourcing. Well, one of the studios they're working with is an outsource um, studio. I forgot the name of it, but that studio has worked on huge budget games, 
like Ghost of Tsushima and yeah. Death Stranding and others. And it's like you're an indie studio, but you have these giant connections somehow, some way. And maybe, maybe somehow PlayStation saw them years ago and decided to back them and is front in front of the bill on this. Yeah. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But there are parts of it that just don't align in my head where I'm just like, there's gotta be more to this. There's gotta this. I I'm not a hundred percent sold that it's Silent Hill, but I'm not one hundred percent sold that it is just a random indie game. Yeah, I'm not, and I feel bad for the developers because <laughs> they've been getting a lot of they've been getting a lot of pressure put on them yeah. and a lot of hate and anger. At the same time, which, which again is unwarranted. They don't deserve any hate, no, you know, no, and anger and stuff like that. Of course not. Never, no one ever does. At the same time, they did kind of lean into it. Yep. They leaned into it and kind of brought it on themselves. And, all, and like once they were trying to say, hey, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this. It was too late at that point Yeah. to do that. So I feel bad for them, although they kind of made the bed. And I kind of believe them, but I'm also still thinking, hmm, is this what it really is, though? Or is there something more to this? I'm yeah. not sure. I, so yeah, that's why I am on this. And it's very weird and fascinating. And I don't, as far as I know and can recall, I don't think we've seen something like this in the gaming industry. But it is, it is endlessly entertaining. And I'm not like, I'm not a Silent Hill fan. I loved PT. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. wish we got that game. Uh, but I've never played any of Silent Hill game. I have no horse in the Silent Hill race. Regardless, though, I I am really interested to see how what this ends up being and like what the end results of this is, like what this game actually truly is when it gets its full reveal in August, whenever that whatever it may be. I want to see what that is, so we can finally put this all to bed. Yeah, um, I. I don't really have an opinion on it because I haven't, like, I would need to go and read up on it and look around. But the, from just going off of what you said, I, I'm i in the same boat as you. Like, I don't think that it is, but I don't think that it isn't. Like, I want to see how it plays out. Um, right. I will say that Silent Hill is not the only game to start with an S and end in an L. But also, Silent Hill is from what I can gather, a survival horror game or a some form of horror game. Yeah, um, it's like survival slash psychological horror, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, this is going to be a really dumb question. Silent Hill is the game with Pyramid Head, right? Yes. Yeah. That's the se- he is from that series, yes. Yeah. He wasn't in the first one. If I'm right, he got introduced in the second one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how it goes. But I probably don't have a horse in this race. Yeah, it's again, like I said, we we probably are not going to talk about this long, and I imagine we're not going to have a deep discussion on it. But it's it's a big thing that's been happening the past few yeah. weeks. And it is endlessly fascinating. It has been fascinating seeing people in the industry be like, "I believe," and then some of them <laughs> be like, "This is a lie. Don't believe yeah, yeah. this." And the others that are on the "I believe" train say, "Yeah, I'm 100 percent." Wait, actually, hold on a minute. Hold on. Let me think about yeah. this. Let's read this some more. <laughs> so, yeah, I I'm not 100 percent on either side. Um, I guess you could say I'm in the. 
maybe I'm 60% towards this is something else. I don't think it's just a random indie game. Yeah. But it's very possible it could be. Again, we will we gotta wait until August to really find out. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say I'm I'm definitely with you that I, I don't think it's just an indie game because like you say, the studio is has had like two failed Kickstarter projects and yet they are being backed very heavily, it sounds like, by Sony, and they're working with all the like, 4K 60 frames a second on well, native 4K 60 FPS, working with this massive um, outsource company that have worked on like Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima. Like, that, it sounds like there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. I just don't know if it's Silent Hill. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of just that's the good way to wrap up both our sentiments from yeah. this conversation. We'll Come August, we'll see what happens with this if we get an actual reveal in August. Oh my gosh, wait a second. Hold on. I thought to myself, it got delayed to August. You know what events in August? DC Fandom? No. Gamescom. Oh, yeah. Opening Night Live. Hassan was in contact with Jeff Keighley about trying to do something. Yeah. What if it get pushed to have its reveal at Gamescom Opening Night Live? That makes sense, actually. It does. Now, granted, it was supposed to do, it was supposed to be a trailer app. Yeah. But what what if the trailer app is around the Gamescom opening night live time frame? Yeah, yeah, they could be like it's going live just after the reveal on opening night live. We might have been we might have stumbled onto something. Yeah. Check back with us in a couple weeks. We'll see if we're right or not. <laughs> I was right about Mario and Rabbids. I was, I'm going to hold myself on that one. I was, I'm very proud I got that right, that, that prediction. I didn't get any specifics about it right, but I'm happy I predicted that that game will be announced and it was. So, yeah. all right, we're going to move on to our second topic of the show, though. And we're going to talk about the life of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. So, these consoles have been out for, as of now, seven months. They've been out since November. It is end of June now. And if I'm correct, shortly, what was it? Was it March or February when we kind of did a brief? Hey, it's been yeah. X amount of months. How? What do we think of it so far? What? Uh, what's our experience has been with it so far since then? I kind of want to return to that topic now, all these months later, and with the with the past seven months in hindsight, with E three in hindsight, with how the game library has been the past couple months, with how the consoles. UI performance has been a couple months. Um, the quality of life, how we feel about them. Do we feel better? Do we feel differently about things of the consoles um, since launch, since two weeks after launch, since two months after launch? So I'll start with you, Karen. What are, you, what are your thoughts on your Series X after having it all this time? Okay, I'm going to very quickly change the battery on my headset and then I'll just edit this part out. Okay. Because it just beeped at me saying that it was low on battery. Ah. Okay. So with my Series X, I I really like the console. It looks good, it plays games very well. You know, load times are really really good they're really fast like i was i was timing uh destiny the other day 
and it took well, I was standing on Europa and going from Europa to the Cosmodrome took like 39 seconds, which is wow. In like when when that used to take like three minutes, that's insane. Um, yeah, <laughs> I remember just when I played on uh, PS4 myself, and how it was you know it would take time to go yeah. just to get around between planets. Yeah, um, one of my one of my friends' biggest gripes with Destiny Two is when you uh, when he was playing on Xbox One is when you open the map, the map like takes a second to load in, um, mm-hmm. like it takes a second for everything to. Um, like display on screen, but on Series X, it's just like you press, you you want to open your map. Cool, here's your map. Like it's it's instant. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like with the the console so far, I'm I'm happy with it. Games, not so much. Like okay, y- like and and yes, you know, like you th- like there are games to play on it. Like you've got Valhalla and Legion and. The medium and uh, bright memory and and you do have games to play on your series x it's uh-huh. just when you look at ps5 and you've got miles morales demon soul roger and clank all these like really good looking uh exclusives to that console it's just like i'm like okay just give me something give me halo give me yeah. forza give me something to play that is like new first party, you know, on at least some vague level of where PlayStation's at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, for me with the PS5, I've, you know, I've been really enjoying it ever since I got it in November. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't turned my PS4 on. I've tried it on a few times, but mainly like just to get something off or anything like that. I haven't played it yeah. on my PS4 since I got my PS5. I actually need to like wrap it up in something because it's getting covered in dust and all. And I need to like <laughs> wrap it up, put the controllers away somewhere so they don't get all messy and everything. Yeah. But I've been really enjoying it. It's it is speedy, it is quiet, and something that I actually think is really important because in my room, and I was wondering, I was really curious how this was gonna be for me. In my room during the summertime, it gets really hot in here because mm. I'm on the top floor of my house. I'm in the front of the house. It is just really hot. So during the summertime, the past with my PS4, the PS4 Pro, I would, after playing certain games, really any game, really, but like especially the more graphically intensive games like Ghost of Tsushima yeah. or The Last of Us or God of War or Call of Duty as well. Especially Call of Duty's menu is always loud. It makes the fans wear up for some weird reason. But like really heavy games like that, the console would, the fan would just get real loud pretty yeah. quickly. Um, specifically in the summertime. Other times of year, it wouldn't because it's cooler. But since it's already hot in my room, it just gets even hotter because it's you know working real hard and all. Yeah. My PS5. Now, granted, we're only we're not in the thick of summer yet, but we're at the end of June, and it's been pretty warm the past month. My PS5 has been quiet. It hasn't gotten loud at all this nice. past month. And I mean, the next couple of days, the next week, really, it's, like it's going to be like high 80s and 90s in the, for, the, um, for the weather. So that'll also be a nice test to see. But th- my console, it's just been nice and quiet. I, you know, I haven't heard any fans were up because of being graphically intensive or anything like that. Occasionally, every now and then, 
not every now and then. I think it's like periodically um, while playing. Like the the console will have the disc drive spin, even mm-hmm. if I'm even if I'm not playing something that's requiring a disc. Um, and at first, when the PS5 came out, it would like be loud when it did that. It would be it would do it for a little bit, not long, maybe no more than thirty seconds, and then it would stop. Um, but they have put out an update so that when it does do that, it's just much quieter. So now you kind of don't even notice that it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I like how quiet it is. It that that's a sign that whatever cooling they got going on in there, that liquid metal and that giant fan and heat sink are doing their job well. That's how I know. All right, it's getting the job done. But it's fast, it's speedy. I'm loving the dual sense. Um, yeah, when I pick up my PS4 controllers to hold them, I'm just like, these feel like toys now. They feel like playthings <laughs> yeah. compared to the PS5 controllers to the dual sense. Um, but yeah, that's I'm really liking that. The games, they've been cool. Of course, yes, I've been playing mainly last gen games just because we're at that type of we're in that time of the generation where there aren't too many exclusive games for yeah. uh, for next gen consoles, whether it be PlayStation or Xbox. PlayStation just so happens to have more exclusive ones, but even still. But we were like my last gen games. They've been, you know, they've been running real well. It's been great playing like Final Fantasy 15 when I was playing that for a bit earlier this year played it nice solid 60 fps very rarely dropped below 60 fps and changed the game entirely it's made it so much more fun and fluid to go through yeah um what else do i have over there persona 5 strikers i mean you know make loading on that was like basically instant um i don't have any other i've said cyberpunk before when i talked about that earlier you know cyberpunk was great but then even the ps5 exclusive games or i guess we say play ps5 specific games that i played spider-man miles morales was a lot of fun uh cold war black ops cold war the it was fine the game quality wise fine but i like what they did with the dual sense to an extent with the triggers for shooting yet there was resistance when pushing down yeah um Cool for campaign, maybe not that cool for multiplayer because they. I'm trying to be fast in multiplayer. Um, Returnal though, Returnal is probably my standout. Which, mm. uh, if you haven't seen the review, go watch the review. I like that game a lot. Uh, but Returnal, I feel like it shows, it's a sign of what the PS5 can do, and what developers can do with when they take advantage of the PS5's features, whether it be the fast loading times, the big, the near instant loading times, really the haptic feedback and the um, triggers of the DualSense. I wish I had Returnal in the system right now because I would show you. Um, but in Returnal, the, they use the haptics in really cool ways. Mm. So like, like I, I mentioned in the review, um, you feel like the rain in the controller when, you, when it rain falls down. Or when you're standing on a teleporter, you'll, um, like, you'll hear like a sound. It'll make like a sound of sorts to make it feel like it's alive. And I wish, like, just saying it doesn't really get across to you, but it's really cool hearing the sound that the haptics make. And for a while, I was like, I thought it was a speaker, but then I put my ear to the controller and I turned the speaker volume all the way down. And I was like, no, this is the haptics making that <laughs> weird sound. And it's so cool. I'm like, this is awesome. This is such yeah. a unique use of the haptic feedback. Now, I haven't played Ratchet yet. I'm going to start that this weekend. And I do plan to do a review for it for the channel. But I mean, based off everything I've been hearing and seeing for Ratchet, that's another game that shows off, you know, the power and the features of the PS5 in such an awesome way. So I'm super satisfied with it so far. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's just been, it's been great. Do I wish that, you know, certain things could be better to an extent? Sure. You know, I wish, um, you know, I wish copying didn't have to be a thing when mm. you're do, doing updates for games. Yeah. Not like it takes long for, you know, by any means, but, you know, wish it kind of wasn't a thing. Um, not for me, but for other people, the whole PS4, PS5, um, you know, upgrade situation could be smoother. I, you know, I wish it was for people. For me, the only game I've done it with was Final Fantasy VII Remake. And it wasn't bad. I had no problem or issue doing it. It wasn't a hassle. But I know for a lot of people, it's a bit of a hassle. It's a bit like extra work, I guess mm. we could say. Yeah. And it is one of those things where it's like, all right, hey, look, smart deliveries are so simple and easy. <laughs> and it makes the PS5, PS4 upgrade system look I guess you could say archaic in mm. a sense when it shouldn't be at all. Um, but overall, I've been enjoying it so far. I, like my, I haven't enjoyed it any more or any less. And I would definitely say that I have gotten my money's worth out of it. Like I'm happy I spent the money and got it. Yeah. At the same time, if someone didn't have a PS5 right now, if you wanted to get one, by all means, go ahead and get one. I don't. I wouldn't say that you absolutely needed to go buy one right yeah. now, though, because I mean, you're, it's already a pain to find and get one. But if you didn't have one, I would have said you need to get it. Again, like we talked about before, it kind of depends on what you want from your system, what really matters to you, what different, what upgrades matter. If better performance, faster load times, better graphics. Um, that you may or may not notice really matter to you, then it is more than worth it for all your last gen games because it's going to make them run and play so much better than before. There might not be too many new games out there that take advantage of the stuff, but the overall experience is just, it's just so much better than on PS4 that I think it's worth it on that level alone. Yeah. And I, I share a couple of the same sentiments with the Series X. It's like, I'm, I have really enjoyed it so far. I'm glad I spent the money on it. I'm glad that, you know, my games load super fast and they run really well. And like quick resume is amazing. Like I can just really quickly hop between like five different games if I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, like you say, like smart delivery is really, is really easy. Like if I, if I buy an Xbox one version of a game and it has a series X upgrade, when I put the disc in or when I go to install it, it'll say, this game has a next gen upgrade. Do you want to install that one instead? And I just go, yes, which is like super simple and really easy to do. And it does it automatically. I don't have to do anything for that. So mm-hmm. there are like great things about the Series X. Would I recommend you buy one right now? I mean, if you have the money and you want to, sure. You don't have to. Like it's it's not something that I think is an absolute necessity yet. Honestly, I don't think that this is gonna it's gonna be a necessity, period. Like with the news that Microsoft put out last week, maybe earlier this week, that they are going to be having next-gen games run off the cloud on your Xbox One, there is no point. If, if that works well, and you have the internet for that. I, I, I was about to say, there's, there's, there's a out. giant asterisk on yeah. that right there. Yeah. Giant one. But okay, hypothetically, there isn't really a reason to buy a Series X because you could just play all the Series X exclusive games on your Xbox One through the cloud. And then you have like all their first party coming to PC. Like 
if if you want to buy a Series X, then go for it if if you are financially able to. But I absolutely don't think it's a necessity. And I, I, I honestly I don't think it will be because Microsoft are putting out so many different ways for you to play their games. Uh-huh. Uh, which brings me on to my favorite thing about the Series X and just the, you know, Xbox ecosystem in general is Game Pass, of course. Like, I, I don't know how it could be anything else. Like, bunch of games coming into the service the day they release, bunch of get like all, all of Microsoft's first party games go in there day and day. You can play them anywhere. You can and literally anywhere. You can, you know, like one minute I could be sitting here playing on my monitor and then like I need to go through the house to like eat dinner or something. So I pick it up on my phone and then the, for some reason my Xbox won't turn back on again. So I can now play it on PC. Like it, it, you can play them anywhere. There are very good features about the Xbox U system and the Series X. Just maybe not ones that I would say it's worth the upgrade if you're like on the fence or you can't afford it. Yeah, so I think you actually started to touch on second question here. Yeah, mm. tad bit on third one. Um, but the second question, that being, how do we think the PS5 and Xbox Series X and, F has, X and S have been doing in the grand scheme so far? And with this question, I actually want to remove it from the consoles and more so to PlayStation and Xbox in general. Yeah. How do we think both of those companies have been doing with with their next-gen consoles, but also just like with, I guess, yeah, with their next-gen consoles and what they're trying to do with their next-gen consoles. How do we think they've been doing with them in the grand scheme? So in regards to not just our hardcore gamers, but, you know, like the, the general public, all the moves that they've been making with their new platforms, how do we think they've been doing? Um I guess if you want to continue on with your point, it's because, I mean, it sounds like you're saying that you think they've been doing a great job so far, which I would 100% agree with. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they have been. I mean, obviously, you know, ev- like there's no like perfect company. There's no company that is doing like absolutely everything 100% to the best of their ability or like making the right decisions. But for the most part, I think Xbox has been doing a very, very good job. Like they continue to improve Game Pass. They continue to... Okay, this this is where that path starts to... De- divide slightly so like on one hand i'm like yeah they've been like you know they they have you know the the easiest to access ecosystem within gaming i would argue because you know like you like if you already have a gaming pc then you don't need to go and buy an xbox just sign up for game pass which is like 15 dollars a month if you don't have an xbox but you like you know just want something that you can play maybe like a couple of games on or like you're not a serious gamer get a series s it's like I can't remember the price of the US. It's like two ninety nine. Yeah, three hundred. Um, yeah, three hundred dollars. But if you want like the big boy console, then go out and spend five hundred dollars on a Series X if you can find one. Or right. like, oh, you you you're going on holiday for two weeks. I'll cool, bring your phone with you and like a Razer Kishi or one of those like controller like grip things, and you can just play Xbox wherever you want to. It's they're making gaming very accessible while also making some games not accessible because like their their whole like you know thing is we we want to enable more people to play games wherever they are but at the same time they're like buying a bunch of studios and buying a bunch of publishers and like and making those games exclusive and i'm like okay well that kind of goes against the thing you're saying but anyway um, and that's real quick if i could jump in real quick yep. that's the thing it's it they are taking when they take the games 
when they buy the studios and the publishers, they're, yes, they're taking the games away and they say, well, we're actually making it more access, accessible to more players. And it's like, they're not wrong. They're not wrong when no, they say exactly. that. Because they, like they say, they're making, they're making it so that the games are playable on Xbox, on your PC, and then also in the cloud. Meaning you can literally play them anywhere as long as they're supported by you know the cloud and all like that, yeah. and on PC, and as long as they're in Game Pass, and if you have Game Pass, you just fifteen dollars, and if it's Game Pass Ultimate, fifteen dollars, and you can do this wherever you know. So on that level, yes, they are making games more accessible to more people around the world, but at the same time, there's also a large contingency of people out there that either don't but don't want to invest in, don't want to be a part of cloud gaming yep. because they, they're just not a fan of it at all, whether it be because internet connection speeds or the latency and the, you know, it just not be the same experience as being on your console or they're just, they, you know, they can only afford one platform. They can't afford one platform and like two platforms or one platform and a PC or one platform and a yeah. Game Pass subscription and all like that. Like they, they, they can only afford what they have or you know, there's just some people that just really don't want to. They don't. They're like, I don't want to. I don't feel the need to. I'm perfectly fine over here. Yeah. And they're the ones being screwed up, screwed over. You know. So yeah, I, I kind of go both ways on. I'm like, I give them their props, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. yeah. And I, I'm, I, I'm there with you. It's like, yes, you. I mean, like you say, they're not lying when they say they're making gaming more accessible. They're bringing gaming to more people because they are. Right. But subsequently, they're also taking gaming away from some people with the likes of Bethesda. So right. it, it's it, it, it's a double-edged sword. But kind of getting back on back on topic, I guess. Um, they they are doing really well. I do think that they have been doing some very good, like deals, like like Back for Blood, Hades. All these games, all these third-party games coming into Game Pass day one, making that service more more appealing and giving people more reason to stay subscribed is is a very good thing. Game Pass has been absolutely killing it. Like At this point, I really don't think you can argue that it is the best deal in gaming. I really don't think you can argue that. I think you could even take it further than that and say it's one just it's just one of the best subscription service deals. Period. Yeah, um, removing from gaming, it just is like yeah. it, it is one hundred percent a solid competitor to like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. Well, Amazon Prime Video. Let me clarify. Yeah, um, it just is. It it just one hundred percent is. Yeah. So I mean, I'm. I'm very happy I'm within the Xbox ecosystem purely for Game Pass, but also for my Series X. But yeah, I, 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 feel, I feel like I've rambled on for, for long enough. So yeah, yeah I, I, I'm very happy with what they have been doing so far and I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you for the Xbox side. I think they've been doing a fantastic job. Things were a bit rough uh, last year. Like when they, they first announced the Series X and things were good, and then we got to their May showcase. Yeah. And the May one was like, eh, not, not, this is your first showing of next gen games. It, this really isn't a good showing at all. Nope. Then the July showcase came and was better, 
but Halo flopped at that showcase. Yep. And that was like the only takeaway from it, really, for the most part. Um, well, it was that, and then the fact that it was just like, well, this is like a good Game Pass showcase. But at that time, we didn't realize, or at that time, Game Pass, Game Pass, what it last year, one year ago from today, is not what it is today. Oh, absolutely not. It's not. So Game Pass, it was just like, huh? And then you get the Halo delay happen. It's just like, it was kind of like hit after hit after hit, or like hit and then a stumble and then another hit. Yeah. But then once the Series S leaked, from that moment, I I'm fully believe this. From that moment on, Microsoft has been on a roll. It would just they took control of the situation, turned it into a positive for them. And I've just been doing great thing after great thing after great thing since then. Yeah. And they 100% deserve all the props for that. On the PlayStation side, I think PlayStation has been doing a, um, a pretty good job of things so far. Uh, I, un- I understand for most people, it's easy to say, ah, PlayStation is doing so much worse than Xbox. I don't necessarily think they've been doing worse than Xbox. They've just been doing things Aside from doing things differently, they've been doing things the Sony way, yeah. in a sense. When I say that, I mean, whether people say, where's their Game Pass comp- competition? You know, where's their Game Pass competitor? And Sony's like, we don't really see the value of doing a game, like doing a Game Pass thing. And people are like, but why do the Game Pass thing? It's just <laughs> like, but we don't think we, we don't really see the value in doing that for, you know, our own reasons, which is totally valid. Yeah, exactly. You know? And then they've been doing, in place, I guess you could say in place of that, um, or in lieu of that, they've been doing, you know, putting games into PS Plus, brand new games into PS Plus day one, yeah. every month since since November, actually. It was Bug Snacks. I forgot what December was. I think January was Control Ultimate Edition. If not, then that was February. It was February, it came out in February. So that was that was February. I forgot what January was then. Um, but then we had uh, Maquette, we've had Oddworld Soulstorm. Oh, January was Destruction All Stars. That's what it was. Mm. Um, that's why I forgot about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we had uh, Oddworld Soulstorm in April. May was um, blanking on it right now, but it was something in May. <laughs> um, June was the um, Wreckfest. June was mm. Wreckfest, the PS5 yeah. edition. May was, I, I was going to say May was Virtual Fighter, but it wasn't. Virtual Fighter was also launched, but it was the PS4 version of the game, if I'm correct. That's free for two months. I think was, wasn't May's big one Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, that is correct. That was either May or April. One of the two. It was around then. Yeah. I was either May or April, because one of those, no. May or April. It was around then. I'm mixing <laughs> yeah. up my months and all, but it was around that time frame, like the, the springtime is when that happened. I, I'm pretty sure Odd World was April. No. Hold on. I got I gotta get this right now. This is gonna mess with my head. Actually, let me just Google this. FF7 PS plus. That was March. Oh. That was March. Because it was, I know why. It was the same month as Maquette. Mm. It was Mar- Maquette was the new game that launched in March, but Final Fantasy VII Remake was free on PS4 for PS Plus that month. That's why it was a stacked month that month. 
Um, but yeah, they've been doing that. And, you know, and kind of in lieu of their, uh, in lieu of an actual Game Pass thing. Um, yeah. We've been getting some solid first party games from them. We had Miles Morales and Spider-Man Remastered, one package, but both those at the launch of the console. Bug Snacks, depending on how, who you want to talk to about it, pretty great game. It's not first party, but great launch one. Um, Demon Souls, there, day one. Sackboy Big Adventure was there, day one. We've had Returnal since then. Destruction All-Stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a game. <laughs> it's a game that came out. It exists. Right. And then we've had, we, now we have Ratchet. Like they've been, they've been pumping out a nice steady cadence of first party. What do you want to say? First party games or exclusive games or just big name games for their console. And they've been doing well on that front. Um, I guess you could say, yeah, they've stumbled a bit when it came to the whole PlayStation Store situation for the PSP, Vita, and PS3. They stumbled, mm-hmm. but then they, they took in that feedback. They said, you know what? We see, we hear you guys. We'll address this. We're not going to end the store for PS3 and Vita, I think. But PSP, we are going to end just a bit later than normal. Um, like, they've, they've been doing things differently. They're not all about the ecosystem in the way that Xbox is. And to some people that might be a negative, that might be a detriment to others. It might just be, it might be fine. You know, it, to me, it's fine. I'm like, okay, that they're, they're not doing the whole everywhere game pass type yeah. thing. And that's totally fine. I'm fine with what they're doing. I'm fine with the games they're putting out. Um, you know, there was recently the whole thing about them having some more of their games cross-gen and then back in i think march or april the thing about them only going for big name games and try and like not going after smaller name games from their first party studios and stuff and that's they they've definitely had some blemishes but i think some of the blemishes were things that might have gotten a bit blown out of proportion mm. that might have been become that might have been made mountains out of hills. I'm not gonna say molehills out of <laughs> hills. It's a it's a fairly reasonable thing to be to have worries about, but we don't need to make this. It's not that big a deal. It's like yeah. this. It's not down. Like all right, if I'm gonna use my mic, I'm use my mic. It's not down here. It's not like down here. It's it's around here, but we don't need to put it up here. Yeah, you get what I mean. So, yeah, but I think overall. PlayStation has still been doing a great job, and this has been a it's really been a fantastic first seven months for the console, honestly. And just PlayStation in general. That's where I am. But speak that's enough about speaking about the past and the present. Let's look at the future now. I do have a I do have a couple of things that I want to say. One, um they've all just gone out in my head. Wow. <laughs> I have a couple of things to say. I don't remember what it is I have to say. Um <laughs> Okay, no, continue. It'll it'll come back. All right, it'll come back. Um, So yeah, let's talk about the future now. And let's talk about what we think the future of these platforms are now that E3 is passed. E3 is passed, Summer Game Fest is passed. We've seen what Xbox has. We haven't seen PlayStation Showcase yet. They haven't announced it. It's rumored to be in July. That makes sense. Um, And I guess we can also extend this conversation to Nintendo a bit as well. Uh, but like, what do we think of the future of the of the gaming platforms 
now. Now that we see what the future, now that we see what games they have coming in the next year or so, and like plans that have been announced and all, what do we think of their future? Um, I'll start real quick since you started the last two, I guess. Sure. Um, for for Sony, um, again, like we like we said, we haven't seen their showcase yet. No. So it's kind of a bit. It's a bit more. Mis- up in the air, a bit more of a mystery as to what's coming the rest of this year, aside from Horizon, assuming it doesn't get delayed. Um, assuming that comes, we don't, we still don't know much. We know when Final Fantasy 16 is coming out, not first party, but is exclusive. Um, God of War is next year, uh, Gran Turismo is next year. We don't know too much more about other things that they're working on, but I do think that their future is still looking good. But I do think that if they're not worried and not concerned, which I'm sure they are, but they should sit, they should be paying very close attention to what Microsoft is doing, mm. and they should start planning. If they haven't already, which again I'm sure they have, but they definitely do need to start planning moves they can make and things they can do to keep people interested in playstation and stay competitive with xbox because in just one year like i said before in just a year we've seen game pass go from a service that people really liked and talked about and said it was really great to a service that is just like blowing people's minds it seems like every month or two with yeah. some new big game coming to it and 27 big games coming to it with over the next year and throughout the rest of this year there's seemingly at least one big game coming to it every few weeks, you know, on day one. So it's, again, it's different moves, different um, directions the companies are going in, but they need to definitely not just double down on what makes PlayStation great, which is of course their exclusives, but they need to do something to stay competitive with Xbox. Um, And, make those plans known um as for xbox what i think the future of their platform is i think the future is great i think that they're going to continue you know with their acquisitions they're going to continue with um the game pass gets and you know additions and all like that and i would not be surprised by the end of this year we see um we see an xbox app on TVs, or at least the announcement yeah. of it on TVs, and the announcement of the, the whatever their device is going to be for streaming directly into your TV or whatever it may be. That's not like the console. I wouldn't be surprised if we see that get announced for this year. Like, well, they already said they're working on it, but like be announced to be like the official thing yeah. this year. Same with the with XCloud on console. I believe that those are all moves that they would like to try and have made or have dates on by the end of this year. So mm-hmm. that next year, it's just another great year for them where they can just like continue to expand Xbox as a platform. Um, and they have a bunch of great games coming down the pipeline. Again, they really do. Whether it be first party or partnerships that they're doing, same with PlayStation, you know, they, they have some great stuff coming down the pipeline. And with Xbox, it's now a thing of you have these games, 
prove to us that they are good. Yeah. Don't, don't just keep saying that they're good. Prove to us that they're good because you, because you, you don't have the best track record right now. <laughs> and Forza, I'm not gonna say Forza is gonna be the first test of that because Forza is always great. The first test of that will be Halo Infinite. Yep. For sure. 100%. If Halo Infinite is a dud, or is not. If Halo doesn't get eights at minimum across the board from at least you know the majority of people, of course there'll be some places that probably give it like sevens or whatever or lower. That always happens. But if Halo does not get at least eights across the board, it's going to be an issue. And mm-hmm. It's going to be a problem for a lot of people. And that game needs to the game needs to be a nine, but at minimum needs to be an eight. Yeah, and get that across the board. Um, but I think Microsoft's in a great place for the future. Nintendo is Nintendo. <laughs> they do they walk to the beat of their own drum, while Nintendo and while Microsoft and Sony duke it out in the boxing ring. They're fighting in the boxing ring. Nintendo is you know walking down the street saying I'm going on the roller coaster because I want to go on a roller coaster. Yeah, you guys go to the boxing arena. Um, but yeah, I think Nintendo. Nintendo's in a really weird place too because the Switch is in its fourth year of life. The Switch Pro continues to be a rumor that's not official, but like it's happening at some point in time. Maybe is it not? Who knows? Yeah. And the Switch is super successful and everything. And I don't think that the Switch would end up being left behind by the next-gen consoles because Mm -hmm. it's been so successful. But I do worry that that the Switch might see, I don't know, might get less attention as uh, as this next generation really gets the ball rolling and all like that. If it doesn't get, you know some type of upgrade whether it be the switch pro or a brand new console in like two years something i don't know but regardless of what it is that they do nintendo is going nintendo's doing fine they're just fine yep and i have like real no real worries about them and what's going to happen with their future especially with the games they have coming down the pipeline too yeah, um, I'm probably not going to talk about Nintendo because I have the exact same thoughts as you. Like, Nintendo's Nintendo. They're going to do what they want. They're they're in a good place. They're in a slightly weird place. But yeah. um, I remember what the three things I wanted to talk about. I put them in my notes so I didn't forget them again. Um, <laughs> so, like, kind of going back to what we, were to- what we were talking about before. I mean, it's not like Xbox hasn't had their blemishes as well. Like, look at the Xbox Live Gold incident, like, where they were like, yeah, we're going to double the price of gold for yeah. no reason. I was going to mention that, but then I didn't. And everyone's like, no, you're not. So, (laughs) But like, yeah, it's not like Xbox hasn't messed up as well, but for the most part, they've been doing things very well. Um, And again, kind of talking about how we think they've been doing so far. um, Like, I'm I'm always like slightly annoyed and kind of surprised by like, when you go on like one of Xbox's Twitter posts in the comments, there's always, and I always... People like, oh but, oh, but the PlayStation 5 is outselling the, outselling the Series X 2 to 1. I'm like, yeah. But you know, you know, it's funny. I see the exact same thing on PlayStation Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's the thing. I see it from both sides. And you, I see it from both sides. And then I also see both sides saying, 
oh man, Sony ponies are terrible. Oh man, Xbox are <laughs> exactly. annoying. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And then at the same time, the PlayStation guys are like, PlayStation is better. Xbox is better. It's just like, oh my God, can you all not? Please. Yeah. Yeah, but my, my my argument for that was gonna like so it's like oh yeah yeah the the PS5 outselling the Series X two to one I'm like well yeah that's because over double the people had a PS4 than a Xbox One like I mean I mean obviously you're gonna have people convert over from Xbox and over from PlayStation and vice versa but yeah. like for the most part I absolutely expected the PS5 to always sell better at least in like probably the first half to three quarters of the generation like. Uh-huh. Like more people own a PlayStation than an Xbox and are more likely to upgrade to another PlayStation than switch over to Xbox. So it and also I don't know if um Sony are manufacturing more I manufacturing more consoles or not. Um I don't know be, either. Yeah, which which could be like another factor into that. But it's like that leads me on to my like my last point, which is like I I really can't stand the argument that's like, oh, Xbox is doing better than PlayStation or PlayStation is doing better. I'm like, you do realize they're both multi-billion dollar companies. Like, if <laughs> if that's doing better, I would love to see what doing worse is. Like, if, if doing worse is making like, you know, like 500 million a year, then I, I, I mean, personally, I will happily do worse. Give me 500 million dollars. But yeah, it's like neither of these neither of these boxes are like the be all and end all of the planet. They are a hobby. They're, they're like a thing you do after work or, you know, I mean, for some people it's a job, but like for the most part, it's like, I, I just, I can't, I, my brain cannot fathom the immaturity of some people that they think it's all right to go and tell people to kill themselves because they have an Xbox over a PlayStation or that they're, um, they're, they're like, Oh, you're so stupid and whatever for for owning for owning a PlayStation over. Like I just I my brain can't fathom those people. I have absolutely no time for them. But <laughs> like w- without getting too in depth for that. Now, what do I think of the future of Xbox? <laughs> I <laughs> um I'm very cautiously optim optimistic. So like, interesting. My my, my main. Like, I, I think their future is going to be good no matter what. But I'm cautiously optimistic about my future with Xbox because hmm. I I bleed green at this point, right? I, I am an Xbox person. Not to the point where I'm tell, where like, I'm, I'm like, oh, if you buy an Xbox over PlayStation, then you're an idiot. But, it's funny. You're wearing a X, you're actually wearing an yeah, Xbox shirt. I am. And an Xbox this isn't shirt. a PlayStation shirt, but I'm wearing a blue shirt. I <laughs> promise this, this was not planned at all for this conversation today. Yeah. So, like, for, for the most part, I bleed green. Again, like, not to the point where, you know, I'm telling you you're an idiot for buying a, a PlayStation or an Xbox. Like, play wherever you want. I don't care. But I am, I don't know. Jealous definitely isn't the right word, but I am envious of the like you know God of War, Spider Man, Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us, Horizon, all these like absolutely stellar games in every and not every single, a majority of the games to come from Xbox over the last eight years have not been great. They haven't been terrible. They just haven't been good, or haven't been great. So I'm I am envious of of what PlayStation have. I, I like I don't think there's ever going to be a point where I leave Xbox entirely to go PlayStation, but there might be a point where I'm like, 
Mm, I might start but, playing on PlayStation a little bit more than Xbox if yeah. things happen. But um, the the main reason I'm cautiously optimistic is because basically all of Microsoft's first party games right now that are like anything of I don't want to say anything of note, but are like you know the the, the more anticipated higher budget ones like the um, major ones. Yeah, um, like Avowed. Hang on, Avowed, Fable, Perfect Dark. Um, I suppose you could argue Redfall, although that's next summer. Um, Outer Wilds. I mean, not Outer Wilds. Outer Worlds. Um, Outer Worlds. Like all, all of their higher profile games so far have gotten in development trailers, and they're probably Ever not... Wild as well now. Yeah, exactly. And it's like they're probably not coming for two to three years at a minimum. So I'm like. As much as I'm like, I'm really excited you're working on all these games. Like, I can't wait for Fable. It's one of my favorite game series. I'm, I'm really excited to see what Playground's doing with it. I want to see what Playground's doing with it. I want to know when I can play that game. And if it's like PlayStation are going to have, are probably, probably what, say three, two or three a year for like nine or 10 games out before you have one. Or like right. of, of of like your bigger games. So it's like, yes, I'm excited to see the future of Xbox. Yes, I am excited to be within that ecosystem and like have Game Pass because, like I say, I, Game Pass is only going up um, yeah. unless Microsoft do something like truly terrible with it, which I don't think they're gonna do because they're gonna they're I I don't necessarily think they're being safe with Game Pass, but I don't think they're taking as big big of a risk as they could with it. I think they could like, like what? I don't know. That's the thing. <laughs> is like I like they 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 obviously continue to improve that service and they are they are very committed to making sure that you that they are shoving Game Pass marketing down your throat and being like you need to be in Game Pass. Get Game Pass. Look look at all these games coming to Game Pass. Get it. Like I, yeah. they they are doing that. I ju- I just I think they could be doing slightly bigger things with it, especially uh-huh. with where they're at now. I I think that they could be doing more with it. However, I understand why they're not because they want to make sure that like one one I think they have to be in a place where Game Pass is profitable before they start doing stuff like that, which it isn't just now. They have said that that like Game Pass is not profitable just now. Um. So actually, I don't know if they've said that at all. Have they? I'm pretty sure they have. I could have swore that they've just kind of like kept quiet on it. That's what I thought. I could be wrong mm. though. I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying that I, neither one of us is right or wrong. I just thought that they had it said that it is profitable, that they've just been kind of like quiet on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same thing. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if they have or not. I'm, I'm fairly confident that they have said that it is not profitable, just now, but I, I could be entirely wrong on that. Yeah, but, I, regardless, I'm I'm with you that I'm certain it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like I I think by um I think by doing bigger things with it, um that like the, the first idea that comes to mind when I when I say that is like something that like Sony have done with the likes of Final Fantasy 16, where they have where like one of them has like one of them like Square Enix or Sony has gone to the other and said, "Hey, we we want to make this PlayStation exclusive." Not, yeah, um, and like the money has changed hands and deals and contracts have been signed or whatever. I so think you're thinking they, what, like make things Game Pass exclusive? Yes. 
I mean, they, they are kind of doing that with um, this new Space Jam game that's coming out. It's coming to Game Pass first. Yeah. If I'm right, which I, I saw that. I was like, huh, is that the first one, first game that's doing that? Granted, that's, that is a game of low consequence entirely. Yeah. Not major at all. But it's still notable that they are doing it. And I imagine that at some point, maybe they'll start dipping their toes into making games game pass exclusive um whether it be exclusive or just first in, on game pass like early access for a time for a certain time frame whether it be a week two weeks something like that i don't know i imagine they will get to that point yeah i and like when it comes i think they would do the early access before exclusive mm-hmm. one of the two i think the early access thing probably first since that would definitely get more people to sub to yeah. Game Pass, which is definitely the mode they're in right now. The exclusive thing will get people to sub too, but then I imagine that then requires way more of an upfront cost. Oh, absolutely. So I don't think I don't, and I don't think they're at that point just yet to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's exactly why I'm saying that like I they need to have Game Pass profitable before they do that because if yeah. they do it now, then they are going to be like shilling money. Yeah. So, like, they, they, they need to work on, like, getting Game Pass more money. Although, I mean, not like Game Pass makes a small amount of money just now. It's like they have 23 million subscribers a month. Yeah. That, like, if, if all of them are on Game Pass Ultimate, I, I've done the math, like, a, a while ago. I think it's, like, 223 million a month, which is insane. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they need to get Game Pass more profitable before they start doing things along the lines of, like, you know, making the next... Oh, I don't know. The next Titanfall, like Game Pass exclusive or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um. So yeah, I, I again, I feel like I've rambled on for quite a while. So I'm, I'm excited to see the future of Xbox. I'm, I kind of, I have the same thoughts about PlayStation as you as well. It's like I, I'm excited to see what they're gonna do. I, I think that I don't, I don't think they have to come out with a Game Pass alternative or a Game Pass com- competitor, because. And like, if they don't see it as profitable for them, then then why would they bother? Like, uh-huh. that's 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 the entire thing that like businesses need to make money. They will produce products that they think are going to make them a lot of money, and then if the product doesn't make them a lot of money, they'll stop the product. Like, it's right. it's that simple. So, I yeah, don't think that they need to do a Game Pass alternative or competitor. Um, I do. In the same boat as you, I do think that they have to do something, and I'm sure they are. Like like you say, I'm sure they are working on something behind the scenes that is going to challenge Xbox in some way. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see what that is, and I am I'm excited to see Xbox's response to that. <laughs> just a constant back and forth, just yeah, a tennis match and all like that. But now we'll continue to look at the future, uh, specifically the future in the second half of 2021 so we're going to look at the big games coming the second half of this one of this year and i say big big or noteworthy whatever you want to call it really notable games what what have you i got this list off wikipedia so we'll go through july august september october november december and then there are some here that are not dated i don't imagine we will this is not for us to have a conversation about every single one of them just there's just that here's what's coming in this month. This is what the month looks like. What do we think of this month? Are there any games here that stick out to us? That type of conversation. 
So for each month, I'll, depending on how many games there are in that month, I'll just run down the list of the games. I have the games, the platforms, the date they're coming out on, if they have a date, and then we'll talk about it. Cool, cool. Sound good? Yep. Good. Fantastic. All right. Let's start with July. July kicks off with Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin for the Switch on July 9th. Coming one week later on the 16th for the Switch as well is Skyward Sword HD. Death's Door, the Crow, the Crow indie game. I don't know if it's roguelike, but the Crow indie game coming to PC and Xbox July 20th. Xbox as in Series X, S, and Xbox One. If it's one, if it's a specific Xbox or PlayStation platform, I'll say a specific one. If I just say PlayStation or Xbox, that means all of them. Um, Neo, The World Ends With You, coming to Switch and PS4 on July 27th. Also that same day coming to the Series X is Microsoft Flight Simulator. Two days later on, the 20, on July 29th, we have The Ascent for PC and Xbox. And then at some point in July, all we know is July as of right now, we don't have a specific date. Um, Little Devil Inside, coming to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox One. This game was first revealed during Sony's PlayStation 5 reveal event last year as an indie game. Uh, it's hard to describe, but it had a really pretty like funny comedic trailer to it. Mm. Um, so that's what July looks like. For me, for this month, I think this is a, I think this is a good month for July. I think we got some, we have some, I guess, we have big games here in, the, in Skyward Sword HD and Neo, The World Ends With You. I think those are the two biggest games here for that month. Yep. That's not to take away from Flight Simulator coming to Series X. That is a big deal. Um, but that's such a niche. That is such yeah, a niche exactly. that it's, it's not on the same level. Um, but Skyward Sword HD and Neo, The World Ends With You, I think are the two biggest ones here. They're also the ones I'm the most interested in. Honestly, I might get Skyward Sword. Maybe not at launch, but I might get it. You know, I've never played that game. Yeah. And uh, Neo, the world ends with you. I want to get it. There's a demo that went out, came out yesterday. I need to download the PS5. Um, I played the first, the world ends with you. I never finished it though. I got mm. to the very end of the game on the DS because it originally came out for the DS and it was so cool because you had two, you had two characters that you played with, right? So it, was, it took advantage of the two screens in a cool way. So on the touch screen, you had your main character and you use like the stylus and the touch screen to do the different actions in combat yeah. and all. And the top screen had your other character and you controlled them using, I think, the arrows or the button. I think it was the arrows on the like the D-pad on the, on the DS. And you controlled each of them individually to fight the enemies that they had on each screen. And you had a shared life. But it was really cool and really innovative mm -hmm. and unique use of like the, of the DS touchscreen. Never beat the game though. Got to the end, could not be the final boss, so never finished it. <laughs> they've then they've since released it on like mobile and PS4, but it's a different version. It's like it doesn't because it doesn't have the dual screen. It doesn't have the same gameplay. Yeah, the gameplay has been like simplified in a sense, or make or streamlined to make use of the new platform it's on. And because of that, like the appeal of the game is not there for me. Mm. So I've never gone back to actually finish it. Like to just replay it and finish it. But I kind of want to so I can play the new world, this new one, because this new one seems pretty cool. It has a totally new, different gameplay system and all. Um, but I do want to play this new one. Um, anything from July stick out to you? Uh, yeah. Uh, Death's Door, 100% picking that up on day one. I'm really excited for the game. It looks really good. 
And then um, I have Flight Sim and the Ascent pre-installed on my Series X. Just again, like, Flight Sim isn't really a game. It's more just like experience. It, yeah, it's it, it's a simulation. So like it, it like real pilots use Flight Sim to train. So yeah. like I'll try it on my Series X. And then the Ascent, uh, I I don't know if I'm gonna like it, but Microsoft have have the marketing for it, and they have been promoting that game like hell. So I and it's in Game Pass Day One. So I I pre-installed it, and I will at least try it. Yeah, I think it's a good month for each platform. Every each platform's getting yeah. you know at least two, at least two pretty noteworthy games for their platform, which is nice. Little Devil Inside, I want to know more about. It. I hope it comes out next month. I doubt it will, since we have heard, as far as I know, have heard nothing about it since it was first revealed last year. So I would not I'm gonna be surprised if it gets pushed back to later this year. Yeah. But that game is coming, so I'm looking forward to that. Now we'll jump forward to August here. Kicking off August, we have Godfall coming to PS4 on August 10th. Skatebird coming to PC, Switch, and Xbox One on the 12th. Hades coming to Xbox and PlayStation on the 13th. 12 Minutes coming to PC and Xbox on the 19th. And Aliens Fireteam Elite, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, the 24th. Kena, Bridge of Spirits, PC and PlayStation on August 24th. Psychonauts 2, the very next day, the 25th, on PC, Mac, Linux, PS4, and Xbox. And then No More Heroes 3 for the Switch, August 27th, my girlfriend's birthday. Um, I think this is a... The latter half of this month is going to be great. Yeah. The first half of the month, it's not to say anything about those games. Godfall, we all know how Godfall is. Mm-hmm. It's coming to PS4. Okay, cool. Skatebird seems cute. Seems like it could be fun. Hades is, we all know how Hades is. It's cool. It's coming to Xbox and PlayStation. Fantastic. 12 minutes, I think, is, well, I was going to say is the indie highlight. I forgot Kingdom of Bridge of Spirits is here. Mm-hmm. But for the Xbox side, 12 minutes is the indie highlight for sure. And I, I would hopefully I'll have an Xbox by the time that game comes out so I can play it. But if not, I'll play it after I get, uh, after I get my <laughs> Xbox. That looks awesome. I haven't seen much about Fi- aliens, fire team elite. I know about it. I know the trailer and gameplay for, I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Um, but for me from this, my number one highlight is Keener bridge of spirits. That game looks gorgeous. It looks amazing. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to play that game and just have a ball playing this Pixar game in motion. Uh, so yeah, that's it for me. But I think also, like the end of this month, each platform gets a big game. So we have Kena for PS for PC and PlayStation, it's 24th. The next day, Psychonauts 2, which granted it's everywhere, but Xbox First Party, 25th. And then No More Heroes 3 on the Switch. The 27th just like it's a good way to end the month just staring at you with daggers oh because akina mm-hmm. sorry i was wondering why you're looking at me like that like, <laughs> like, like, what i do i want to play that game it looks exactly like my kind of game and i am so so annoyed i can't play it is your pc not gonna be able to run it you don't think it will probably not no like my my pc it is old Ah, darn. Sorry. Well, okay. I mean, it might be able to, but I, I don't want a chance. Yeah. 
like you don't want a chance it and then like it's not a good time it's not an experience yeah um i am so excited for hades to come to console i have hades is a honestly hades might be my standout game for this month oh really yeah i thought it might have been 12 minutes or psychonauts but maybe not psychonauts i thought it might have been 12 minutes though no i mean i I am interested in 12 minutes. I wouldn't say I'm I'm particularly excited for it. Like it's it looks really interesting. Well, no, okay, no, no, that's that's a lie. I am I am excited. <laughs> I, am, I am excited for 12 minutes. It it looks it looks good. It looks interesting. It has a very star-studded cast. I am I am definitely I'm definitely gonna be playing it on day one because you know it comes to Game Pass. But um no, I just I I love Hades so much. It's such a good game. I have like three or four hundred hours of it on pc oh so i i'm i'm very 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 excited for it to come to console um psychonauts 2 i i didn't play the original i might try it because it's gonna be on game pass i don't really have an excuse not to but it just it doesn't look like my kind of game it doesn't look like a game that i would enjoy playing i i think it's similar to a play tale innocence where like it's a game i would enjoy watching people play just not playing myself mm. um and then the rest of them, like Godfall. Skateboard looks interesting, I suppose. Um, that's also coming to Game Pass, so I'll probably try it. Um, yeah, Godfall, Aliens Fire Team, No More Heroes, I don't care about in this list. Yeah, I No More Heroes, I know, has its very dedicated hardcore fan base. I yeah. know a lot of people like those games that like Suda 51 and everything. If you're into that, here's your game is coming soon. It's coming soon, August 27th. Yeah. Um so yeah, I might play. I might play the first two. I don't know. I have, to, I have to look more into them to get an idea of like, do I think I like them at all? Moving on to September though. In September we got twelve games here, starting off the month. And I this actually I think is this is going to be a really good month mm-hmm. for games. This is going to be a really good one. All these months are are really good months for games, honestly. And I'm, it's a miracle that this year is turning out as well as it has been. Yeah. So September. Starting off the year, Ubisoft, well, not the year, the month. Ubisoft starts off September with Riders Republic, September 2nd for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Stadia. The next day on September 3rd, the medium comes to PS5. September 7th, Sonic Colors Ultimate comes to PC, Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. Life is Strange True Colors comes on September 10th for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia. Tales of Arise comes September 10th to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. WarioWare, Get It Together, comes September 10th as well for Switch. Four days later, Arcane's Deathloop comes out to, for, PS, for PC and PS5, September 14th. Uh, two days later on the 16th, Rainbow Six Extraction for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Stadia. The next day on the 17th, Origami 2, PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. The 23rd, I think this is going to be Karen's highlight here. Diablo 2 Resurrected, PC, Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox. Sable comes out the 23rd as well for PC, Mac, and Series X. And then finally, on the 24th, we get Lost Judgment for PC. Well, not for PC, for PlayStation and Xbox. Karen, I'll let you start off this month. Uh, no, my uh, my highlight is, is clearly Sonic Colors Ultimate. It's, oh, um, 100%. I know you're all about the Sonic, right? Yeah. Speaking um, of... Real quick, I know they had the, the Sonic Symphony last week. I didn't get to watch it live because I actually forgot what was happening. I want to watch it. But I saw a clip of 
Did you ever play Sonic Adventure 2? I don't think so. That's the game where um, it starts off with the city escape. You're running from the truck at the beginning of the game. Where you're going down the big hill? Yes. Uh, I have played like the opening mission to that game. So you have played that part. Okay, cool. Yeah. You played the part I'm talking about. I saw a clip where um, during the symphony, they led into the song that plays during that mission. Nice. And I was just like, oh, like, they're doing it. They're doing it. And it's like, <laughs> once the bass kicked in, I was just like, yeah. oh my God, nostalgia. Oh yeah. Just like, oh my God. So I got to watch that. So I get to sit here <laughs> and just sing that like a kid. Cause that, that song is awesome. I, I would do it right now. Cause I know the, some of the words to off the top of my head. Cause that song is just ingrained in my brain. I play that mm-hmm. mission over and over and over again, but I just wanted to give that a shout out. Love that. Uh, but yeah, obviously, Sonic Colors. That's your, that's your game. That's your game of the month. Yeah, um, Riders Republic. Not my kind of game. Not interested in that in the slightest. I'm in um, on it, guys. I'm in on it. <laughs> um, I've already played the medium. Uh, I'm not gonna play it. <laughs> I'm not come to P- come to PS5. That's cool. I have no interest in playing it. Um, honestly, yeah, yeah, you are correct. My standout game for this month is Diablo 2 Resurrected. I am yep. in on that game day one, 100%. Although there are four games coming out within, like the first one comes out on the 16th and the last one comes out on the 23rd. So and I doubt I'm going to be able to play all of them during that time because yeah. that's <laughs> a lot. But uh, I'm very, very in on Rainbow Six Extraction. I'm I'm mm-hmm. super excited for that game. Really excited for our Aragami uh, Two. Actually, uh, it's I a was game... actually about to take that one off the list before we started. But I was like, oh no, actually that one could stay. That one should stay. <laughs> um, that's the one where you're like a shadow, like you use the shadows to move around as a ninja. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Coming to Game Pass Day One. Absolutely excited for it. I will be playing it. Um, obviously, Diablo Two Resurrected. Can't wait. Hundred uh-huh. percent. All in on that game. And then Sable uh, is out on the same yes. day. Is also coming to Game Pass day one. I'm jealous of you um, for that game because that game looks like it looks gorgeous. I like the art style yeah. a lot. Gameplay wise, it looks like it'll be cool, but the art style is what gets me with that game. Yeah, no, it, it looks really good. I have the demo downloaded on my Xbox. I haven't played it yet. What? Play it. Um, play it. I've I been busy. I, this week you play it <laughs> i am commanding you as host of the episode this week i'm commanding you play it <laughs> we'll see um <laughs> yeah so like, those I'm, the... The sh- I'm the captain of this show baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah those those are like the the four games coming out in september that i'm i'm all in on 100 percent. but i agree this this is definitely a very very good month yeah, like I said, I'm already in on Riders of Public. I, I want to play that game. I want to play it now. Life is Strange True Colors, as I've already said before, I'm really looking forward to playing that one too. It The story is just, the story and everything, it just, it just has me. Um, the other ones I'm really hyped on for this month, Deathloop. Deathloop, Deathloop, Deathloop. I don't need to see any more of the game. I've seen enough of this <laughs> game. I know what this game is. I just want to play it at this point. Nope. Don't show me any more Death Loop for the rest of the summer until this game comes out. Please, Sony. Please, Bethesda. I don't need another trailer. If I get a trailer, it better be less than a minute long. 
Don't show me more of this. <laughs> Please and thank you. That being said, the game looks awesome. It looks fantastic. I cannot <laughs> wait to play it on September 14th. Um, that, that's my highlight for that month. I probably, mm. aside from that Riders Republic and Life is Strange, I'm probably not going to play anything else that month from, from what's coming out. Rainbow Six, I'll see what people think of it before I play it. Um, Origami 2, I you know, again, same, same deal. Tales of Arise, you know, I'll, I might give it some interest, might pay some attention to it, um, see if it's my kind of jam. Yeah. Um, uh, I wouldn't get past day one. I did not know that. Interesting. Um, Lost Judgment, that's not, that game is not for me, but you know what? I've heard great things about the first one. The first one is just called Judgment. It's a spinoff of the Yakuza series. I've heard great things about the first one. So I might play the first one, get if I get around to it, and then jump on the second one, depending on uh, how I feel about the first one. But yeah, this is a this is a big month. It's a big month with a lot of big games here, and that's I think that's really indicative of the fall, really. Yeah. Uh, moving to October, less games in October, but still some and still some big ones. This is when really every game here is just a big game, aside from like one. <laughs> Uh, I, so, I have a note. Uh, Tales of Arise, I don't think is coming to Game Pass Day 1. I was mixing up with Crisis Tale. Or oh, Cry- oh or- Cre- Chris Tale. Chris, Chris Tale, yeah. I did have that on the list. I did take it off. Um, but that is a game that looked cool. That's yes, like a time, that, it's like a time manipulation one in the yeah. RPG. Yeah, that game is coming to Game Pass Day 1. Uh, Tales of Arise, I, I don't know if it is. Yes. You just stole more games on the Game Pass to make it sound better than it is. You're just like, oh man, you know, this game's coming to Game Pass, guys. Just <laughs> make it happen. Horizon Forbidden West, Game Pass day one, guys. <laughs> what now? <laughs> uh, October. Uh, kicking this month off, we have Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania coming to PC, Switch, PlayStation, and Xbox on October 5th. Far Cry 6 on the 7th coming to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Stadia. Metroid Dread comes to the Switch one day later on the 8th. Back for Blood, PC, PlayStation, Xbox on October 12th. This one is a Game Pass game, yep. Karen. <laughs> um, Battlefield 2042 comes at the end of the month on the 22nd for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. The Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes comes out the same day for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. On the 26th, we get Guardians of the Galaxy for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Age of Empires 4 coming to PC on the 28th. Mario Party Superstars for the Switch on the 29th. And as of right now, at some point in October, Ghostwire Tokyo is coming to PC and PlayStation 5. This month, uh, again, I'll let you lead on this month, Karen, but I think this month is a month filled with some bangers. Yeah. um, Honestly, I think Far Cry 6 might be my standout for that month. It's ah, either, either that, either that, or probably back for blood. But wow, um, okay, yeah, no, I mean it, it looks looks like a fairly good month. I mean you, you have some quite big games launching that month, so be interesting to see how how all of those mesh together. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. I think Far Cry, but for me, my standout this month is battlefield i think battlefield yeah. looks fantastic it looks incredible i cannot wait to play it i want to see more from it i want to play betas if they do betas for it i want to get my hand on this game now 
Um, that being said, I think Far Cry 6 looks like it's going to be really good. It looks like it has potential to, I don't want to say be the best in the Far Cry series, but just, it just looks like it's just going to be great. It looks like it'll be a really great time. Metroid Dread actually has me interested in playing a Metroid game. And I'm going to play that. I I really want to play it. I think I'm going to play that. Maybe not day one, but I'm going to play that for sure. Metroid fans are eating this year. They are feasting and good for them. Well, maybe not feasting, but they got a good meal coming out of coming that mm. way. Back for Blood again. That looks that looks like it's gonna be really cool, really fun time. And it's on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Yep. So that's awesome. Great for that game. Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes. I played the first one. And uh, the first one, Man of Madon, I thought it was fine. It was not as good as Until Dawn, the company's previous game. Until Dawn was just incredible. It was amazing. So I did not play Little Hope, uh, the second one in the Dark Pictures Anthology. That came out last year. Didn't play it. Wasn't interested. Well, I wanted to. Like I was moderately interested, but I was like, I'll wait to hear about it. Didn't really get all that good reception. House of Ashes, I'm kind of like feeling the same way on it. Honestly, I might have to wait and see how that one shakes out. But Guardians of the Galaxy, as you know, like I said before, we did our E3 recap. That game looks awesome. I was really impressed and you know excited by what we saw during Square Show. Um, Mario Party, not going to get that, but I, that's that's another great game for the Switch coming. And Ghostwire Tokyo is a mystery to me because <laughs> mm. we really have not seen much of it. But I want to know more about that game. So that's why kind of where I fall out fall on this month. Yeah. I mean, Age of Empires also, I'm not, I don't want to give it any shade. It's just also, again, a real niche. It's PC yeah. only. And it's what is it? It's like an RTS type of game, strategy game. Yeah. It's it's super niche. So it has its audience who loves it. If you love it, cool. No shade to you. Not my cup of tea. I have no interest in that game at all. I don't I don't care about it. I'm I am in the exact same boat as you. It's not my kind of game. Like <laughs> I, I, I've never played Age of Empires. I think it's somewhat similar to Civilization, which I have played. That's what I think too. And I really enjoy. I really enjoy Civilization, yeah. but Age of Empires just doesn't interest me. Is what it is. <laughs> um, for November, we have not too many games here, really, because now we're getting to the point of the, of the year where release dates haven't been announced. Like October, November, December is where you know a lot of games come out in, but. Those release dates just haven't been confirmed or anything yet. So November, we got Just Dance 2022, PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia, November 4th. Forza Horizon 5, PC and Xbox on the 9th. GTA 5, the next-gen version, for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S on the 11th. Shin Megami Tensei 5, no November 12th for the Switch. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl on the November 19th for the Switch. And the Final Fantasy 14 expansion, Endwalker, coming to PC and PlayStation on the 23rd. Barring Just Dance, this is a fantastic month. Well, barring Just Dance and any unannounced like dates for this year, for the, I mean, for this month, this is a fantastic month. What do you mean, barring Just Dance? <laughs> okay, again, no shades of Just Dance fans, <laughs> but Just Dance is it's a game of low consequence. It's, it just yeah. is. Yeah, no. Sorry, if you like Just Dance, I'm not trying to hate on your game. It just, it's just low consequence or no consequence, honestly. Tyler, you're fired. 
I didn't even know I was hired for anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. Like just answers definitely like the um the standout unimportant game of this month. <laughs> um, but everything else is is pretty good. hundred percent like all I mean, obviously my standout game here is Forza Horizon five. Like obviously that's my standout for this month too. Um I will say I don't know if I'm going to get the GTA 5 next-gen version because I'm like, I've bought that game three times already. I don't want to buy it a fourth and I don't want to pay like £70 for it. Just Do you for... think that they will give you a free upgrade? No, I don't. They are absolutely not going to give me a free upgrade. They are going to charge £70 for this game. Do you have you have GTA 5 already or no? Uh, uh, not on... Uh, well, not anymore on Xbox, but uh, I have it on PC. But... Yeah, no, there's there's absolutely no way they're offering this as a free upgrade. They are they are like this is their big money making game, and any way they can make money from it, they will. So if they if they are they're gonna charge full price for for this like remaster, basically. Um, I can I can see them going either way on it because for the very reason you said I can see them charging money, but I can also see them doing a free upgrade because so many people have it and it would yeah. just be just it would just be a great look. Yeah. So I can see, I can see both cases. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. And then the last three games for this month, I have no investment in whatsoever. You have no investment in, but you acknowledge that they are important yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good releases. Yeah. That's, I mean, I have no investment in, in, in final fantasy 14 or the Pokemon remakes. Um, I have low investment in Shimmer Intensity. I'm interested in it um, because of Persona now. But uh, Endwalker, obviously, I'm not going to play it, but I know that's, that's going to be huge when it comes out. Pokemon is going to be huge when it comes out, regardless yeah. of whether or not your Pokemon fan is going to be huge. Forza is just the highlight for this month, as of right now, for sure. That mm-hmm. game, is it just looks amazing. It looks incredible. I, I want to play that game. I really want to play that game. So yeah. lucky you. Yeah, I, I will 100% be on that day one. And well, actually, uh, November 5th. Yep. Oh, right. Because early access and stuff like that. Yeah. Lucky you. Um, so I'm actually going to bundle December and the not dated stuff together because there's only two things that we have dated for December. Yeah. That is Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp for the Switch on December 3rd. And then Dying Light 2 Stay Human, which is a terrible title. Yep. 100%. Just do Dying Light 2. You don't need Dying Light 2 Stay Human. There's not even a colon in there. It's just Dying Light 2 Stay Human. Like, what is this? Too Fast, Too Furious? <laughs> what the heck is this? This is terrible. Yeah. It's like when they, like, Edge of Tomorrow. On the Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom, the Tom Cruise time yeah. um, loop movie, it came out as Edge of Tomorrow. But on the, the DVD, it's like can, kind of entitled Live, Repeat, Die. What are you doing? Just keep it as Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. That sounds it just sounds better i guess just what are you doing off my soapbox pc playstation xbox for dying light to stay human december 7th now the not dated games that for this year we can kind of guess where some of these might be coming axiom verge 2 i have not played the first one but i know it, the first one was really widely praised and acclaimed and people have been looking forward to the second one it's according to wikipedia it's supposed to be this year who knows when um Call of Duty, the uh, rumored title is Call of Duty Vanguard, World War II. One could presume November, sometime, most likely, maybe, or October-ish. Yeah. 
um, chorus that was shown off during one of Xbox's showcases last year. That's kind of like the the space combat game uh, with the black and red alien ships and aesthetic and all like that. Um, Crisis Remastered Trilogy is coming some point this year. Halo Infinite. Phil Spencer has said that they they're choosing between weeks now for the release date. They have an idea as to when it want, they want to come out, but they were kind of working around other game timings and stuff like that. Yeah. So honestly, that could be November. I'm, I'm betting it's going to be a November game. Horizon Forbidden West is supposed to come out this year, but it might get bumped to next year. We'll see what happens with that. Sifu, that's the Kung Fu game that was shown off in one of the most recent state of plays. And then Solar Ash, also been showed off in state of plays. It's kind of like the game. It's a set in the same world as Hyperlight Drifter, uh, third-person plat- action type of game, bit platforming yeah. elements and all like that. That game looks really cool. It's supposed to come out this year as well. If I was to guess Solar Ash and Sifu, I'm betting or maybe September to October type games. Yeah, that's my guess. What do you think about where where do you fall on these on the December and the not dated? Um, I don't really have any investment in either of the December games, especially not Advanced Wars 2, but <laughs> 1 and 2. Um, but yeah, Dying Light, I mean, I'll see if I get it. I'm, I'm definitely not getting it at launch. But I might I, I'm in on that one. I, I plan to, maybe I'll get it at launch. It really depends on what money is at the time. Yeah. But I do really want to play that game. I'm very excited for it. Um, Axiom Verge 2, never heard of it. Call of Duty Vanguard, if it is a World War II game, 100% not getting it. Um, <laughs> Chorus, very excited for that game. Looks really good. I'm, I'm excited to play that. Crisis Remaster Trilogy will most likely be getting that at some point after, probably quite soon, because yeah. I I had downloaded uh, the original Crisis Trilogy and not, well, not Crisis 1 Remaster because they're on EA Play. So, or, yeah, that's what, yeah, EA Play. Um, yeah, so I downloaded those, and then they, and then like a week after that, when I hadn't played any of them, they were like, "Yeah, remaster collection is coming." Okay, I'll probably just hold off and play that then, because yeah. I I've played two and three, I've never played one, so I um I want to play that, and then I'll play the other two again. Um, well, play one now then, it's just because I mean the remaster trilogy is is just gonna have the remaster of one in that bundle. Yeah, I yeah I don't know. I'm finding time. Yeah, true. Um. Halo Infinite, absolutely in on. Uh, yes. Looking forward to it. I'm slightly skeptical when it comes to story because 343 doesn't have the best track record, but I, I'm i not going into it thinking that it's going to be bad. I'm going into it thinking it has the potential to, but I'm I'm leaning on the side of this is going to be a good game. Yes. Um, especially multiplayer. I'm so excited for, for to get back into Halo multiplayer. Especially mm-hmm. with some of the stuff they're doing in Infinite. Right. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, I'm I am excited for, it, even though I probably won't play because I don't have PS5. I, I am excited for that game. It looks really, really, really good. I am um, so hyped for that. I hope it comes out this year. I yeah. hope it does. I hope they're able to stick the landing and stick the launch. If not next year, I'll play you. But that game looks incredible. Yeah. Sifu, I, I think it looks cool. It doesn't look like my kind of game. I'm probably not going to play that. But I will admit, it does look like a very cool game. Oh, yes, um, I'm really excited for that. And then I am really annoyed that I can't play Solar Ash. It's a PlayStation exclusive. <laughs> I really enjoyed Hyperlight Drifter. So I'm, and Solar Ash looks like a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm 
annoyed I can't play that, but I'm very excited for it. I've never played Hyper Light Drifter, but I'm excited for Solar Ash. <laughs> I'm excited for it. And actually, I might... I might look into Hyper Light Drifter, see what type of game it is, and like give it a play. Because I've I heard about it, I've seen stuff of it, but I forgot what that game is. So I need to like refresh my mind on what it is. Yeah, I might play it before Solar Ash since they're in the same universe, maybe not actually connected, but in the same world and all like that. Yeah. So that's that's where I fall on it. Um, and I mean, you kind of what you said about all the others is kind of my my sentiment too. Except for Call of Duty, I'll probably still play it. Might not play it much, but I'll probably still play it because I, I mean, I, I play each of the Call of Duty games and it's kind of, I don't know if I say traditional or religiously, but it's kind of <laughs> something I do. Yeah. Um, of course, I don't have an Xbox, so you know, there's that. But Halo, I'm super into Crisis Remaster Trilogy. I'm excited to play Crisis 2 again. <laughs> Three, yeah, but two is the like my main attraction for that. Um, and then, yeah, we already talked about the others. So, yeah. That is the rest of 2021. And I think, honestly, this is a great... We still have a great set of games coming this year. Yeah. Which, as I said earlier, it's a miracle that we have so many great games still coming out this year, given the past year. It's really crazy. It's insane. It's wild. But I'm happy. I'm happy for us. I'm happy for the industry. And I just hope that these devs, you know, they're able to make these games without killing themselves. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I'm just, I'm just going through. I'm like, yeah, I, I like I, all the ones listed here. There are like twenty five games that I'm probably still gonna play this year. <laughs> we gotta find the time, man. And my my yeah. backlog is already long too. Uh, I'm gonna go back to Demon Souls. I got Valhalla here. Where is the time? Where is the time, man? <laughs> uh, fun fact: I have in my Steam library. I have. Uh, the number of games I haven't, I have bought and haven't played is 463. You are just like all Steam owners I hear about. Whenever yeah. the summer sale, winter sale, yeah, huh, all right. Oh, let me just look at what's here. Oh, I don't really need to buy anything. Oh, I already have 800 games in my library. What's another 50? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of games that we've been playing, what have you been playing, good sir? Um, I'm going to keep mine very brief. I don't really have a whole lot to say. Well, first one, I don't really have a whole lot to say, but the second one, we might get into a little bit. But I've been, um, I started Far Cry 5. Um, yes. I mentioned this briefly on something that we did, I'm fairly certain. Um, yeah, it's been so weird trying to keep track of like things that we've talked about in the past few yeah. weeks. Because like some of the, there were like two episodes we did where we didn't really talk about games that we, we didn't talk about games we were playing. And then there was one week... It's been tough to remember, guys. We spent like a good 10 minutes or so before the podcast here trying to remember what the last games we talked about were. Yeah. Um, so yeah, start Far Cry 5. I've beaten John's area, like bottom left yes. with Falls End. Um, the town. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've beaten his area. I'm doing Faiths just now. I'm enjoying okay. the game. It, I, it's, it's a good time. Um, like on the topic of uh, when we were talking about Far Cry Six, you'd said that like it looks like it has it's gonna be really good. I I haven't enjoyed a Far Cry game Far Cry game since three. Yes. Um, like Primal, no thanks. New Dawn, no thanks. Four, I didn't really enjoy. I've played I played quite a bit of four, but I never actually finished it. I and uh, there ha- in my opinion, there hasn't been a a good Far Cry villain since Voss. So I yes. uh, and uh, once Anton Castillo in 
Uh, Farker 6 looks to change that. I like the look of his character so far. I've, I think he is going to be, honestly, somewhere around on par with Vaz. Could be either either way. But yeah, yeah excited for Farker 6. So I start, so I picked up Far Cry 5 because it was on sale on Xbox. So I got the gold edition with all the DLC and yeah, um, and everything. So I'm I'm a little ways through that. I'll have more to talk about that when I actually play more of it. Um, okay. Question: what I, I don't remember when this happens in the game. Have you gotten Peaches is the bear? I think there's a bear Fang mm-hmm. for hire, and there is a tiger or a cheetah Fair for I think it's a tiger Fang for hire. Have you gotten either one? Um, I've gotten the dog and I've gotten yeah. the, I think it's like a, I don't think it's a cheat. I think it's like a puma or a leopard or something. I think it's what it's in the lion type of family. It's, it's a There's big cat. Like, yeah, it's a big cat. There's one of those yeah. that you get. Have you yes. got you Yes, got I have. Okay, I think that was my thing for hire. Like once I got it, I was like, "You're the one I'm riding with for the rest of this game. You are just <laughs> my, you are mine." Yeah, I, I don't know if I have a few. I don't have all of them. I have I have all of the ones in John and Faith series. I haven't yeah. been up to um, Jacob's brother. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I I don't have cheeseburger yet, which is the bear. There um, you go. Peaches is the cat. Cheeseburger yeah. was the bear. That's right. Um. So yeah, I, I will. I like I said, I'll have more to report in this game when I have played more of it. Um, yes. As it sounds right now, I think I've played maybe like five or six hours or something like that. Okay. Um, why? Uh, I've only played it for an hour and a half. I've done the first uh-huh. Tall Tale, but I've been playing a pirate. I played a Pirate's Life on Tuesday when it came out. Um, what is a Pirate's Life for the people who just don't know what a Pirate's Life is? Uh, a Pirate's Life is a Sea of Thieves, is Sea of Thieves season three, in which they have crossed over with Pirates of the Caribbean, um, doing like a little crossover with Disney, um, in which you go so that the, oh, I'll kind of go into this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid spoilers because it's a story thing, so I'm not gonna yes. go into super depth. But basically, when you load into um, Sea of Thieves, like the, the main menu you get to, you used to just have Adventure, which is what everyone usually plays, is just like where you go around and do like mercenary uh, emissary things and just sail your ship, sail around. And then Arena is like the PvP, is like a PvP kind of like a battle royale kind of, where like, you know, you, you spawn in, there are I think five ships and well, it's not like a battle royale, it's a, it's in that sort of vein, kind of. But basically, you spawn in, there are five ships, and then whoever gets the most points wins. Yeah. Um, and you get points by, like, sinking ships, or um, you can, like, turn in chests, stuff like that. Um, now that I think about it, it's not like a battle royale, because ships are <laughs> gone. Um, but, yeah. But now they've added a third menu, which is, like, specifically for the tor- for for, uh, for the Tall Tales. Um yes. So the first one is basically when you spawn in, you spawn in on Castaway Isle, I think is what it's called. And there you find uh, Sea of Thieves version of Calypso, basically. The, yes. Or, or what's her name before she's Calypso? Um, Tiadama. Tiadama, yes. So basically you find uh, Sea of Thieves version of her there. She gives you the tall tale. You look behind you, there is a massive green portal that you need to go through to enter like the land of the like dead, basically. Um, the Sea of the Damned is what it's called. Um, where 
your job is to you like you walk through um they did a really cool thing where you go through this portal and like the transition between like the sea of the dead and the sea of thieves is see the damned and the sea thieves is you know that scene from pirates of the caribbean 3 where all of them all like the ghosts are on the boats um like on where where elizabeth finds out her dad died yeah um spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen pirates of the caribbean 3 but the movie's been out for like 10 plus years at this point um so yeah they have people in boats sailing opposite uh opposite your ship um which I thought was kind of cool. Um, uh-huh. And then you eventually get to see the dam, you come to an island, you walk through the tunnels and you find out like, you know, a little bit about where you are. Um, and then you get to this like small town where you have to do a series of um, challenges, I guess, or series of like check, not checkpoints, but series of like goals for a mission. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, you basically, you you free a skeleton captain from a cage. That's all I'll say. Um, and then eventually once you do all those, you get onto the ferryman ship, which is like the, for anyone who's played Sea Thieves will know that like when you die, you go onto the ferryman ship and that's how you spawn back in. But you go yeah. onto the ferryman ship during this tall tale, which is where you find Jack Sparrow. I see. Cool. It sounds it, like it's awesome. It's on, like honestly, I, I've played the first one, which took like an hour and a half, and it was—I I would give it like a nine, at least. It sounds really cool. It's—it's—it was a lot of fun. It was like it was a very good mix of challenging and like well engineered, so that you would find stuff. Yeah. Um The like obviously like for tall tales, you've got commendations. Um, so like. Like one commendation in a pirate's life is for finding all five of the like journals of the skeleton captain. Um, yeah. So like you can and like most of those are optional, but you can choose to do all of them. Um, so yeah, it's it's really really good. I would highly recommend it if you haven't played Sea Thieves. Now is a very good time to jump into it. Nice, awesome. I'm I'm excited to hear more about it as you like finish as you go through and then finish the whole crossover yeah. like give your final thoughts on the entire event i guess we could call it yeah that's cool uh so i played three things two i know i haven't talked about in the show because i played them this week one i feel like i've talked to you about at some point in time recently mm-hmm. maybe i talked about it on the show before maybe not but if i have regards talk i'm gonna mention it real briefly started life is strange 2 i've only done the first episode of the game and I am enjoying it so far. Um, the relationship with the brothers, like things, think they are basically traveling cross country in a sense, because stuff stuff happens at the beginning of the game that leads them on this cross country journey, yeah. um, trying to go to Mexico. And obviously, I'm not going to spoil why and the and you know the what's behind it and all like that. Um, but your brother, the younger brother, I forgot the name of the two brothers right now. It's blanking me, I'm blanking um, on it right now. Um, but the younger brother, um, he does have a power. The power that he has, I believe it's psychokinesis. I think that's what it is. Because um, we've seen glimpses of it, but mm. in the, it hasn't been fully explained. So the second episode is what is going to get full. We'll explain more in depth and we'll actually get to see it more of it. 
but I believe it's psychokinesis that he has. Um, so yeah, it's been cool. The relationship has been interesting. The story's been intriguing. I haven't been as pulled and attached to the characters in the story as I was with the first Life is Strange. Yeah. But that's no detriment to this game. That's just because Life is Strange 1 was so well written and the characters were so well performed. And it was a story that was so easy for me to latch on to that I was just instantly like taken away with it. Whereas this one, I'm I'm there. I'm really I'm liking it. I'm on board with their story and all. It just hasn't grabbed me, or at least I haven't been as attached, grown as attached to the character's story as quickly as I did with Life is Strange One. Yeah, but um, no, I am definitely looking forward to finishing this one, continuing it some more. Hopefully, I'll have it done before um, what you call it before True Colors comes out. That's the plan. Um, so the other two games I played this week. I played uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake episode Intermission and the demo for Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. And I actually, I have video footage for both of them here in the drive. Kieran, do you see them? Do you see them both? Yes, I do. So we'll talk about Intermission first. So Intermission, this is the DLC that has you playing as Yuffie from mm. the Final Fantasy VII. And her own, her own little store her own little episode and she has come to midgar for a mission she's on a mission to basically steal this really powerful materia from shinra the company you know that controls midgar's evil company incorporation in final fantasy universe and everything final fantasy 7 and i gotta say i liked this way more than i thought i would <laughs> um it is a lot of fun and yuffie let me start by saying this. Yuffie's really cool to play as. The game does not onboard you, though, in terms of refreshing you on how to play this game. So if you have not played since you finished Seven Remake last year, I suggest maybe jump back into the Seven Remake and just mess around for like half an hour to refresh yourself on how to play this game. That's what I had to do. And even when I did that, jumping into this, I was still kind of playing around like I had two left hands for a bit because mm. it just doesn't onboard you. It kind of assumes that you know how to play and it just teaches you how to play as Yuffie at the start of the game. Um, but regardless, she is really cool, unique. She has um, her shurikens. Ah, perfect timing here. Yeah. She has her shurikens and all, and she does a mixture of like close range and distance combat, but she's really fast. And because of that, it makes playing as her really exciting. But, um, Part of what she, part of like what makes her so cool and what I found myself doing with her the most is using her ninjutsu moves. Mm. So what you can do is you see here on the tactical, on the tactical menu, there's an option that has said like fire ninjutsu. You can scroll between them for different elements. So fire, ice, lightning, wind, and all real quick, that little stumble back that she did. That's actually like her victory pose that she did at the end of Final Fantasy mm. VII. Like at the end of battles, that's what she would do. Nice little touch. But what you see here, like you could throw the shuriken. And then if you press square after you throw it, she does like whatever elemental ninjutsu that you have equipped at the moment. So the base one is um, not elemental, I think. But if you choose fire or lightning or ice or whatever, she then does that. And the shuriken stays on the enemy until either you recall it, like it'll either come back on its own 
or you can press triangle to then retrieve it and you go like you basically like dash towards the enemy that it's on and then you can like keep on attacking them and everything she's really fun to play as i look like i'm doing a good job here because i kind of am but i promise <laughs> you in between this fight and like others i was getting beat up bad because i was trying to remember how to play the game and all like that yeah um but yeah like all the footage here is just from chapter one of the game it's only two chapters for this episode i'm only showing footage from chapter one because chapter two gets a bit spoilery um so chap but even in the, what i'm showing here is not really any story heavy stuff it's really just stuff we've seen already from pre-release trailers and everything so here like she's meeting um some of the members some avalanche that she's come here like to work with to get this material from shin um from shinra and the game does a great job of like getting you attached to the characters and liking the characters in such a short amount of time because the episode is only it took me between five to six hours to finish it so it's a pretty short story it's only two episodes it takes place during chapters eight to like 12 of the main game it takes place during that time frame um after the second reactor bombing so like cloud is with Aerof during this time of um, during this time period it takes place during all that um and so yeah you meet some of the characters here there's noya is the girl that you see there's zga i believe is how you pronounce his name he's the blonde guy um billy bob is the dude with the do-rag and polk i believe is the are is the red-headed guy uh they're all cool characters and like the scene here it's like it's this episode is definitely way more light-hearted and playful than the main game and you can kind of see that here because like, it just it emulates yuffie's personality she's really playful yeah. and just like cheerful and energetic and also like that scene she gave them all these beans that are from her homeland wutai and the people from wutai they can just bite them and eat them like no problem but for everyone else she gives them to them and they bite and it's like ah they're like Aah! it's like painful for them to bite because it's like <laughs> the bean is so hard for them to bite so that's like that was that little scene right there but it's just everyone's personality is so great yuffie is like such a great character and i think the chapter does a great job of like real well not the chapter but like the whole dlc as a whole does a great job of getting you attached to her and giving her more personality and i guess like it's been a while since i played the original seven but a bit more development and of it more of an arc than she had in the original yeah. game because the original game she's an optional character you don't she's not part of the party yeah. if you come across her you can make her part of the party but the story doesn't suffer without her like the story is written in a way where like she does she's not there um but when she is there like there's a there's a side quest that you can do that is specifically surrounding her but again like she doesn't get too much of a spotlight in the main in the original game because of how her status is but here it's like she because the attention is all on her you see that like it really drives home the fact that she's just a kid and she's like she's literally just a teenager just like a like 15 16 year old teenager mm. and she's coming here you know she she has a head on her shoulder she is solely she has she's like totally focused on her mission but like she can be a bit i guess i don't want to say like in over her head to an extent but like you know not really understanding hey like things can get real out here yeah and all like that so yeah and then there's a mini game here, which we're seeing now. It's called a uh, Fort Condor, which it takes 
there in the original game there was a place that you would go to in the open world which it was an optional place called fort condor and the place they were under attack by shinra and they were trying to protect like this giant bird at the top of the mountain and it was a it was an optional side quest that you can do but basically it was kind of like tower defense but it was really just mm. not that fun i did it once and i was like i'm not doing this again <laughs> it was just implemented pretty poorly in my opinion yeah but here in seven remake it's a board game it's a board game that everyone in the world plays and it's the same concept except the tower defense is done in a way where it's like you have it's like rock paper scissors in a sense so red mm. beats red beats green green beats blue blue beats red right yeah um in terms of like strength and weaknesses and all like that so you have your boards you, you have your different boards and different boards have like different ap amounts and um different amounts of like uh soldiers you can place down on it and like mm. have on your board but once you get in and they also have different materials too but then you get into it and it's just like this like you see at the top the bar is slowly filling because each unit that you have has a certain like um ap requirement that you need yeah. and it's just a matter of trying to take out the three birds on your uh, on your opponent's side or take out have more of your standing by the time before the time runs out and it's actually pretty fun i didn't spend much time with it but uh there's like a whole side quest surrounding it in this game in the, the dlc there's like i think five or six people for you to go up against i went up against three of them all like the lower rank people i got the option to go up against the rank two people but then i was like all right i want to just continue the story yeah um, but it is cool it is fun i liked it more than what was in the original game for sure and then um and then you you end up meeting Sonan, this guy. He's not in the original game. He's a new character. He also comes from Wutai. He's like, I guess you could say Yuffie's bodyguard in a sense, but basically he's here on this mission with her. He's a cool guy. He His whole relationship with Yuffie, they have a, like a, I don't want to say a brother-sister type of relationship, but like he's, he's calm, he's cool, he's collected. He helps keep her head straight. He helps keep her focused yeah. on whatever they're going up against when she like because again she's real playful and just like hey like i want i'm out to get this let's get it let's have a good time while we're doing it he's like all right we're doing it but like <laughs> i need you to focus like be careful because you will get yourself killed i think there's one part that um i have coming up after this i think where they are they're watch they're they're trying to find someone they're trying to find this person that um that's being hunted by Shinra. And uh, they're hiding, they're watching, they're listening on the Shinra guys. And then she jumps on out. And then they see her. Like she jumps out to try to get the jump on them, but she but she's noise. And they see her and she's like, oh, hey there. He's just like, oh my gosh, seriously. He's like, seriously now? He's like, wait, he's like, wait, no. And it's just like, he's like, right. here I go, I'm gonna come help you, I guess. And it's like, that's like the second or third time it happens in the whole DLC. But um, yeah, their relationship is cool. And when you're doing combat with the two of them, you only control Yuffie. In the Sever Remake, you could bounce between characters, but in this, you only control Yuffie. Mm. And, but you can still give Stone on commands and everything like that. And you can still give each of them their own upgrades and so on and so forth. But there's a thing you could do with them where if you press L2, they synergize, meaning that they both do, they both attack together in unison so when you when you synergize like 
your I guess your attacks end up being stronger and you end up being able to get them off faster and all. Um, Sonon's a, um, ATV bar doesn't increase or anything like that during that moment when you're synergized. But he adds a nice, interesting dynamic to the combat. Uh, it's, it's cool having another character there. And like when you go down, if you die, he self-sacrifices himself to bring you back up. So you basically get a second chance mm -hmm. um, if you ever die while he's there. He's cool. He's a lot of fun to play with. Um, this fight right here gave me a bit of trouble. Because again, like I said, I'm showing you the good stuff. This fight here, I definitely got beat up like right after I cut it right there. Um, <laughs> And this is the part I was talking about where she's like, hey, let's let's go follow him. He's like, wait, no, 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 no. She's like, oh, my my bad, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Getting caught. Um, and then like, hey, you guys, you'll actually see me do some of the, the synergy stuff and everything when it comes to combat with them. Actually, yep, right here. Synergize. It's just like, bam, 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 bam. Just getting the moves off real yeah. quick. And then the whole, uh, the first chapter basically wraps up with this boss fight that we saw in the trailers for the um, for the DLC episode, which is this boss fight against this giant centipede mech. It's a really cool boss fight. It follows a, it follows a really cool cutscene that I was like, all right, this cutscene is dope. I didn't show the cutscenes. I don't want to spoil it. It's not a major spoiler, but it's just pretty cool. And this boss fight took some time to get through. It's basically just like a battle of attrition, essentially. But mm. it was a fun one, um, not really difficult by any means, but a nice way to cap off the um, the deal, the, the first chapter of the episode. Because after this, then they actually end up going to Shinra and stuff, and yeah. stuff goes down there. Um, but as a whole, I really enjoyed this chapter, this DLC chapter. It's really fun, and it definitely it definitely sets the stage up for at least. This leads directly into Remake Part 2. Whatever Remake Part 2 is going to be called, this leads directly into the start of that game. Mm. I'm not going to get specific as to how, but if you've played, you know what I mean. If you haven't played, but you've played the original 7, you have you might have an idea as to what I mean. It leads directly into that. It also continues to, like, to tease the end of 7 Remake and, like, the different direction, the way they're making chain major changes to the story. Again, if you play several remake, you know what I mean. It it continues to tease that in some really interesting ways that have me going, wait, what? Huh? What what are they doing here? What are we really doubly down on this? What does this mean? So I'm very interested to see what where that goes. I'm really excited for the next game to come out. And I'm I'm really liking Yuffie. I'm thinking that the, she's gonna be way more of a central character in the game when like when she eventually ends up joining the party it'll be that it won't be an optional thing. I imagine it'll be like, it is a central piece pillar of the story that has to happen. And I'm just, I'm excited for it. And it makes me think that Vincent, the other optional character for seven is going to get his own DLC when, whenever that happens and that will get him fully fleshed out and stuff. Yeah. This was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And yeah, that's all I got to say about this great game great dlc um if you have seven remake play it if you do not have seven remake but you know plan a, plan to get it you need to play this this game like again like i said this leaves directly into part two so don't skip this maybe don't if you don't want to play it fine whatever but like you at least need to know what happens here because this 
is going to play a major part in what's coming next for mm -hmm. sure. So yeah, that is that with um seven remake episode intermission. Just just extra little gameplay here, but we don't have to watch it if you don't want to. <laughs> um, so the other thing I played was like I said, Final Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin, the uh the timed demo that they had going for this. And man, chaos is crazy. <laughs> this is this game is chaos, chaos, chaos. No, that's me being that's just me joking and just entertaining the meme at all. <laughs> chaos only gets said in the demo like three times. <laughs> I'm here to kill chaos. He's like, let me see it. Well, I'm trying to think at the well, let's just I'll just walk us through this. This game is actually fun. It's actually pretty fun. Um, like what you're seeing here right now is like the tutorial. So it's like just teaching you the different aspects of the game. Yeah. So, you know, the basic combat here first, the basic controls. Then there's like this thing you could do is called soul shield, where when an enemy goes to attack you, if you do it at the right time, it's kind of like a parry in a sense. So, like you do a soul shield at the right time, you, it, you don't get damage. It takes you, it sends your enemy off balance and then opens you up to like knock their, like do damage to them. And once their stagger bar goes down, then if you press circle on them, you can do this thing. I forgot, I think it's called like a soul crush or something where you basically kill them, but you get some MP. That's the purple bar that's at the bottom yeah. of the screen under my help. Um, and then if, if someone does like a purple attack, actually like a, a projectile attack, you could do a soul shield. And then that gives you an instant attack and like an instant projectile. So the goblin threw a rock at me. So I do the soul shield at the right time, do the rock back. There's another thing that was teaching me here called Lightbringer, which when you do it, it basically makes you not invulnerable, but like you're not able to be have your um your stat your like your stagger meter broken or whatever. That's the yellow bar at the bottom of the screen. It's not able to be broken. I only ever did it here at this part in the demo. Mm. Um, it's a thing you could do at any point in time as long as you have some magic to do it, some MP. Um there was one point the game told me, hey, do it now. Except I didn't have any MP, so I couldn't. <laughs> but I made it through by the skin of my teeth. Um, but yeah, this game is, it is fun. It's definitely a far more casual version of a Souls-like game. Mm. I can say that based off my limited experience of Bloodborne and Demon Souls, definitely way more casual. As you saw at the beginning, there's difficulty options you got there. Easy, normal, hard. Yeah. Um, it's more forgiving for sure. Uh, that being said, I still had a tough time. There, this is the first chaos time. Looks like chaos is waiting for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I had a I enjoyed it. As you can see, though, visually this game is like not that great. It's no. good. It's not a bad looking game, but it definitely has like PS3 aesthetics in terms of like it's the colors used, like the color palette, just like this gray drab yeah aesthetic it just gives major ps3 vibes same kind of goes with the character designs too like they look fine they're just not they need to write home about or anything like that at all it's just it just it's just the, the tone and the art style again it just as everyone said this seems like a ps3 game and just just vibe and all like that but all that being said once you look past that there's actually a fun game here and I, you know, I'm trying, I'm interested in Dark Souls games, like Souls genre games and all like that. 
but I found myself, you know, actually enjoying myself with this from, yeah. from the gameplay perspective. So you have your different jobs and all. You start off with the swordsman job, which uses great swords and everything. And each job has skill trees. And as you use your job in, um, in combat and everything, you, get, you can level it up, which gets you more abilities and perks and stuff like that, whether it be stat boost or different combat abilities that you, like you see here um, that you can then equip for your character and um and all like that and so you start with the swordsman one but throughout the demo you end up coming across the mage one and you there's another one you can that you come across called the the i forgot what it's called i think it's the spearsman or something like that because you find a lance that gives you the spearsman one but at the bottom of all the skill trees there is a another job that you can unlock so at the end of swordsman you can unlock warrior at the end of mm. mage you unlock black mage at the end of yeah. spearsman you unlock dragoon um i didn't i only played for an hour and a half last night because um that's all the time i had to play not the demo itself wasn't timed like that i that was just the only opportunity i had to play the game at all um so i just i just got the the first three swordsman mage lancemen with spearsman whatever you want to call it um spent the most time playing with the swordsman and the mage uh, they each have their own little, their own advantages, I guess you could say, and disadvantages. Like the swordsman's obviously stronger and all, but it's a bit slower than the mage. The mage has like you can do hand-to-hand -hand combat, um, and it's faster, but it's definitely more geared towards you know using your magic from a distance and all like that. Um, so yeah, you see here, I'm doing just finding some more enemies with this drab PS3 aesthetic that we got going on here. <laughs> um, but that thing that I'm attacking, it's uh, basically that's, I guess you could say that that's an enemy spawner. So if you're oh, ever okay. in an area where you see that, you, if that will keep on pumping out enemies until you kill it. And it has a nice little twist to it where it has its own stagger bar. The stagger, if you kill the enemies that it pumps out, the stagger bar gets lower. Like the maximum, mm. the max value for the stagger bar gets lower, making it easier to kill that. Oh, okay. So that's you, you, you have the choice of either going for it first and making it so that it can't pop out any more enemies but possibly taking longer to kill it or killing some of the enemies it pumps out first and then taking it out yeah so it it, it it's cool it has a nice little little thing there so here i just got the mage uh, job so i'm about to use uh Warterga to get rid of the fires and, like you can charge up your spells and choose the spells that you want to use and all mm. if you hold r2 that's how you like you charge up your spell and your combat is done with R1 is like your normal attacks. R2, regardless of your um your job, is how you do like your special attacks. So your special attacks require your magic. So uh, with the mage, obviously each of your spells requires some magic to do. With the swordsman, which I'm using here, that spin attack was a special move. You need magic to do it. And you can get some magic by doing the soul, the soul shield thing I mentioned before, where like you do like the perfect parry and all. Yeah. You can get some MP by doing that. Um and also you get some NP, I think, from like objects in the world. This was one, this was the area where it told me, hey, use Lightbringer because it's good against <laughs> when you're surrounded by enemies. Except I like didn't have any MP. So I'm like, okay, this sucks. There's a bunch of wolves over here like messing me up and everything. I promise you, I promise you, I somehow made it out of this by the skin of my teeth. You're gonna see. I almost die a couple times here. I was like, all right, I cannot fight them down here. So I had to run up the stairs to um, basically have them come towards me and just like 
spread them out because it was all of them at once like that it was just gonna take me out but uh yeah enemies they are definitely they are definitely tough they're not pushovers by any means but they're not like crazy difficult to to beat yeah at all in any way shape or form which i appreciate again it all goes back to i guess it feeling a bit more casual of a souls like type of game than your typical souls like and this is made by Team Ninja, who made Neo. Which, as I understand, Neo is a pretty difficult game. This is not that. This was not that difficult, at least on normal mode, um, for normal enemy encounters and all like that. And yeah, as you can see, also my character has like different clothes on. Mm. You get as you beat enemies, you unlock. Well, you, they'll drop um, different pieces of armor that you can put on your character, and obviously they give you different stat boosts and all like that. But some pieces of armor are will give you like job affinities. So, like, it'll give you a specific perk for whatever job that you're on. So, right here in this clip I'm using where we're basically running up on Chaos, about to fight him, or Garland, I should say. Um, this armor is for my swordsman class, for the swordsman job. And that, that armor there, like, gives me different perks. Not, I guess you could say perks or um, extra experience towards the swordsman job while I'm wearing mm. it. But if I switch to the mage, I'll have different outfit on for that. So you can have different outfits on for your different jobs so that you're perfectly tailored and equipped for whatever job you're using at the time. And you can switch between your jobs on the fly. Just a press a triangle just switches to it like that instantly. Um, so then, yeah, we get there's a there's a lot more to the demo that I'm not sure in terms of like encounters and all this. I played this for about like an hour and a half, two hours yeah. or so. Um, but this is the boss fight, and I did want to show it. I definitely died on this fight a lot. Um, not because it's it's not an easy fight. It's challenging, but not too difficult. This right here is my first encounter. Me trying to just like get a feel for him and everything. Yeah. Um, but Chaos or Garland, whatever you want to call him. He's speedy. He's fast. Um, but what I like about the boss fight actually is that and I think this is indicative of like the best boss fights are the ones where you learn their moves and get better over time. And then eventually you're just like, I got this. Now right here, this is the last, my last attempt. And I was like, all right, this is after about 20 attempts or so mm. of dying and everything and getting close <laughs> to beating him. But at this point, I'm like, all right, I know I know what his moves are. I know I could beat him, you know, dodge his attacks, take advantage of doing the soul shield against him to get a quick hit in and everything. Make use of the mage job, because the mage job, like I said, it allows me to get hits in faster than the swordsman. So that's yeah. why I'm using the mage here mainly to just like get in quick hits on him and everything. Do the soul shield to absorb his fire blast, do some magic from a distance every now and then, but basically just use mage to block his attacks, dodge his attacks, pummel him when I can, and then, um, you know, use the swordsman for, I guess, the opportunities where I have a chance to deal some more major heavy damage on him. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun playing this. Actually, uh, uh, let me not say a lot of fun, but it was very fun playing this game. Mm. And after you finish the demo, which I did, I did beat Chaos. Like I said, I beat him. <laughs> I made sure I did. Um, after you finish, it gives you a survey of like, hey, what did you think of the difficulty of the enemies, the weapons, so on and so forth? What did you think was fair? What difficulty did you play yeah. on? And all. What do you think of the visuals? Were you satisfied with them? Um, and I think that this game has potential to be a really fun spinoff, Final Fantasy spinoff, but it definitely needs to, they gotta work on the visuals for sure. The, 
the visuals i mean that can be worked on over time but i think the tone of this game will be a turnoff for many people it'll be like oh my gosh it's very edgelordy and creepy <laughs> yeah. and just like be like i'm not with it um also your your companions here apparently these aren't the only two companions you'll have throughout the game but these two are about as dumb as a bag of rocks <laughs> um as, yeah they fight but like as you'll see in a moment look they're gonna stand here, not do anything as I finish him off. Granted, I didn't need them to do anything as I finish him off, but they're literally just standing there watching me fight this guy. I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I guess I'll finish him off yeah. by myself. I don't need you to do anything, but don't just stand there. But no, yeah, it was a fun time. I enjoyed it. And it actually made me want to jump into Demon Souls. So honestly, Demon Souls might get bumped up the backlog list after I finish Ratchet and Clank. Mm. But yeah. That was my time with the two game with the three games I played this week. That's all I played, and I had fun with them. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm. I might play that. Um, the Origin uh, Final Fantasy yeah. Origins. I might play it. Maybe. Probably not super high on my list. <laughs> like, it looks kind of fun. Yeah, it is fun. You know, I, I'll probably get it when it comes out. I definitely, you know, I, there is potential there. Like I said, there's potential for it to be a really fun yeah. game, for it to be a great game. Just that tone, man. That tone. The music is also cool. It's fine. Nothing to write home about, though, like with a normal Final Fantasy game, but it's fine. It is what it is. That'll wrap up this episode of the Play to Win podcast. Thank you all for watching and listening. We hope you all enjoyed. Remember to subscribe to us here on YouTube, share the show, turn on notifications, all that jazz. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Play2WinGame for updates on the show and just for other little things that we may post. Karen, my friend, my co-host. Yes. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BadlyNet, B-A-D-L-Y-N-E-T, all one word. Fantastic. And you can find me over on Twitter at TylerMiller2496. Thank you all so very much for watching. I hope you all enjoyed. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one. See you all here.